0: Good morning, it is Danger Dan here in my remote studio on the beaches of Roatan, Honduras. Just snuck down here with the family to surprise my mother for her 60th birthday. 60th? Yeah, I think it's 60th, not 50th. Yeah, anyways, it's been, well, we'll talk more about that later. Today's guest is Jeremy Pratt, one of my favorite people in the motorcycle industry. Uh, definitely the best race promoter that I've ever raced with. Um, Just an all-around awesome guy. And we talk about a little bit of everything. If you haven't heard the first podcast we've ever done, there'll be a link to that in the show notes because we talk about some things that we talked about on the first podcast. I think right out of the gate. And Jeremy also has some Some new things going on He's going to be doing some races in Sturgis We talk about that And last year They were going to go to Brazil And you know As things have been happening The past couple years it didn't happen But he's got a new race in Brazil April 3rd And I didn't confirm if that's this year or next year But looking forward to hearing More details about that And Dude as as, uh, I, wouldn't, I was going to say as always, but that hadn't been the case. You know, this spring they will be having, I, I don't know how many Mama Tried Flat Out Friday events this has been, but it's been a lot. This March 4th, 5th, and 6th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Mama Tried. That's right, uh, Flat Out Friday that Friday. And then, uh, you know, they also have pre-parties Wednesday, Thursday. Friday is a party. Mama tried Saturday and Sunday. They're doing some new things that we talk about. Uh, What a great event. And I'm really stoked that me and Jeremy could talk. I wish we could have done it person to person. But you know what? Just doesn't always work that way. Anyways, Jeremy, I look forward to seeing you later this summer. And uh, let's get into it. That was extermination day Thank you, Zach Check out Heavy Clothing at heavy.bigcartel.com Dude um, Dude, so I cut down the intro last week I really like it We're gonna just stick to a couple of shows I'll go over all the events at the end of the show But before that, I need to tell you about MCShopTees.com, Your t-shirt of the month club The only way to support every local motorcycle shop That's right Every single month you get a new shirt shipped straight to your house. Uh, While I'm traveling around on my chopper or my Pan America or whatever it may be, you know, shit happens. I find shops along the way and I like to highlight what they are capable of, where they're at, and how you can get a hold of them. So I started this t-shirt company. And each month we featured one of these shops, do a custom one-off limited design t-shirt that's only printed once, it's got the month and the year that that shop was featured, printed on the tag, and this is the only way you can get those shirts. And each shirt comes with a postcard that tells you about the shop, where they're located, and what they specialize in. Now, I pick shops all across the spectrum. I really started out early on, I wanted to just find uh, the full service shops. As we've gone along, we've evolved. The first shop I ever featured was Brown Cycles out of Dallas, Texas, the baddest fucking bike shop in Texas, and they've been owned and operated. They're going on their 51st year family owned and operated. My favorite spot. Last month, we featured my buddy Wes out of Wilmington, North Carolina. He actually specializes in making helmets and refurbishing old helmets. So, as you can see, we are covering a full spectrum. Next month, we're featuring a shop out of North Dakota called Bitsy Boys. And I just released a podcast with him last week, and I I did not ask him where the name came from. I wish I would have done that. Anyways, dude, he specializes in in buying and selling old parts, uh, custom one-off services, and uh, small batch parts. Rad dude named Lee and... uh, you know North Dakota, I hadn't featured a shop out of North Dakota. I want to get all 50 states, and I'm getting close. So I hope that you can be a part of that. Check it out at mcshoptees.com. You can buy men's, women's, and kid's sizes. You can pay monthly or buy month packages. So thank you for the support. Um, we got some shows coming up. So while all of you will be going to Mama Tried in Milwaukee during the first week in a bike week, I will not be able to make it. I will be down racing at Sons of Speed Friday and Saturday. Saturday Saturday's the race day. Uh, Warren Lane has a show called True Grid on Sunday. Monday is the Choppers Magazine Chopper and FXR show presented by Harley Davidson. That's right. They've got $3,000 in cash to give away to winners. They've got parts from Paco. There's some high quality suspension by Bugatti. God, I hope I said that word right. And I will be the MC. This will be my first uh, real go at MCing an event like this. And I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. Uh, but I'll be zipping back after that. Can't miss my, another one of my kids' birthdays. But Wednesday, there is the Wild Vegas party at the Cotton Patch. Thursday, you've got the Tropical Tattoo Chopper Time Show at Willie's Tropical Tattoo. And then Friday is Boogie East. That's right, Boogie East is back at Annie Oakley Saloon presented to you by Lowbrow Customs. Lowbrow Customs, that's right. You know what? I have a $100 gift card to give away to Lowbrow Customs this month because those motherfuckers are bad. I recently just got a bunch of oil for the race bike, a couple of small parts uh, that really... Finished that thing off to where I could send it off for paint, and it is going to be ready for final assembly when I get back. I built that part. I built that new race bike with a lot of parts off of the lowbrowcustoms.com website. And, dude, they support me, and they will support you, too. Check them out. Quick, fast shipping. They've got parts from friends of mine like Lead Sled, Fast Ed Eco, Biltwell, Paco, Cannonball, WW Cycles, they've got all the best. So check them out. Gasbox as well, dude. I've used a ton of the Gasbox parts, and I'm really stoked about that. They're always high quality. So check them out, and always check out my boy Knives Made by Nick. The dude's bad. He keeps me loaded on the hip at all times. And he's like, dude, he's just always there. He's, he's fucking bad to the bone. And uh, he makes a really high-quality tool. So, uh, dude, let's get into this show with Jeremy Prack from Flat Out Friday. Jeremy, now we're fucking rocking and rolling, dude. Okay,
1: right, we're going. Check one, two.
0: We're in it, man. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Dude, I wish that you were sitting right here in my shop with me. That'd be really cool. I, I,
1: I was going to say that you, of all people, a, a personal conversation is much more meaningful because that's what these are. These are conversations. This is an, an interview, and that comes across. You know If we're conversating, I'm reading your body language. I'm reading... I'm reading if you're hearing what I'm saying by the the expression on your face. Absolutely. I can't do that.
0: Absolutely. And, yeah, you know, these are definitely not as good. I think it helps us having sat down face-to-face once before. Sure. But, but yeah, it's not the same.
1: That that one time we sat down on my kitchen table, I remember, like, man, this is the longest interview I've ever done. And you're like, dude, that wasn't an interview.
0: (laughs) It wasn't, man. We were we were talking, and I was actually telling somebody about, oh, who was it? I don't remember who it was, but I was telling somebody about your 24-hour bike race the other day. Yeah, um, yeah. Because that's, that's still like one of my favorite things I've ever even heard of, is the community <laughs> bike race, dude. Is that still going on? Did, did COVID affect uh, that?
1: This, this will be our 15th year uh, coming up here.
0: Oh that's so awesome. So it's coming up pretty quick.
1: Well, it's usually the last weekend in July.
0: okay So you're probably it's in the planning stages for it No
1: I mean there's I'm not you know it's, <laughs> it's been 15 years and I've talked it to death the first year so the community knows what to do when this was being created you know 15 years ago we were we we, we planned it to be a tradition so you don't have a planning meeting when you go to grandma's house for Thanksgiving. No. You just know grandma's got the turkey, uncle's got the mashed potatoes, Jimmy's got the bean salad. There's no
0: meeting. That's awesome. Everybody knows what to do. That is awesome. But surely there's like new people in the community. I guess they just get tossed right in.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know what? I mean, we will have a meeting. I mean, I'm, I'm oversimplifying because the last two years, you know, we've been skirting by with the, you know, the mandates and the regulations and people freaked out. But, but let me tell you real quick, just one change that we made last year, you know, instead of just counting laps, we didn't have the, the, it takes, it takes like 15,000 people to run this event Gosh. in, in two, in two hour shifts. So in, in two hour shifts, anyway, we didn't have the manpower to score it. People were a little freaked out by stuff. So we, we left The so people kept their own score when they would ride through the neighborhood and you'd count the laps. But in lieu of that, we made 100 bonus checkpoints. So we set up 100 things for you to do in the neighborhood within 24 hours. Holy smokes. Um, and then you, you, you would go there and then you'd get a page of your, of your zine. Do
0: you know what a zine is? Is that something that you were into? Yeah, like a little, like a, like a, yeah, like a, a, a shittier version of a magazine.
1: That's right. It's like a fanzine, they would call it, right? You'd make them at Kinko's. Yeah. So once you did the freestyle rap, you got a ticket. You know, once the kid threw glitter on your face, you got a little ticket. Or whatever, the you know, the hundreds of things. I can't even, I don't even remember what they were. But I remember one thing you had to go with me in the woods, and I was dressed as a creepy guy. And I had candles, remote control candles. And I pretend to do a Ouija board there. Okay. <laughs> and I spelled like get out, and then I shut the candles off. You had to find your way through the darkened forest. And then, and at the end, you got a ticket or a card
0: that you had done it. So now each, each person or each group that sets up one of these checkpoints, they get to come up with their own idea. Is there any like, do they confirm it with you, or do you get like okay it, or is it just everybody wings it on their own? Well,
1: you know, technology is picking a boom because we've been, you know, working from home, and so communal electronics, if you will, or communal mediums. So my point is, you submit a Google form of your idea, and uh, and I would call you or email you and say, that's a pretty good idea, but maybe we should change it to be like this or like that or whatever it was, and then, like, all right, you ready to go? We'll see you at, you know, between 7 in the morning and 9 in the morning on Saturday or whatever the time was, no? Yeah. And then submit your artwork for your Zine page, and we printed it. Yeah, thanks for taking interest in that. I appreciate it. I enjoy talking about it uh, with you.
0: Well, it's such a cool event. Have you seen others? Like, is there any other one? Anything similar going on around the country that you're aware of? For sure,
1: for sure. So there's the Powderhorn Twenty Four. That's in Minneapolis, and uh, they contacted us. We went up there. And uh, it was pretty funny. We went up there and we were playing loud music and we had, we had a beer cooler and a baby carrier. And we were heckling people. They did not like our bit at all. <laughs> they did not think we were funny. <laughs> they were too serious up there in Minneapolis about it, about it being a bike race.
0: Okay. Yeah, they took so the race part to fact, heart instead of the community aspect.
1: Like, like nose down, like, you know, nose down, like serious.
0: Which is the complete opposite of what you're trying to curate back home.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, there's certainly a lot of similarities. Uh, I haven't been up there for a while. I don't know if they survived the, the pandemic, if you will, but I don't know, I, I should probably check on them, see if their social media is still running.
0: Yeah, maybe they lightened lightened up after the, you know, maybe the serious <laughs> people stayed home and the fun people came out and they kept it going through the, the past two years.
1: Yeah, I don't know, we'll see, I'll check it out. I, that's the only one that I've ever heard of that's in our vein. I know that in Atlanta, Atlanta had a 24-hour mountain bike race. But other than
0: that, that's it, yeah. So there was recently uh, a 24-hour dirt bike race at this trail place that I go ride. And yeah. I didn't know about it. I showed up the weekend after they did the race and just rode the trail. But just going, just doing the trail in the daylight... I just couldn't imagine doing it at night, no matter what kind of lights you had on. But they they did a 24-hour dirt bike race on an eight-mile loop.
1: So this is like you know 450s, 650s, like you're talking about motorcycles, right? Yeah,
0: probably 350s and 450s and 250s. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Now would that be great if there was people camping all along the trail? Right? Were they doing that?
0: No, that no, not at all. And 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 what's funny is when we first started talking, I was like, "What? What if we did something like this on a bigger scale?" You know, I just had that guy on the show. He did a hundred thousand miles in a hundred days on a twenty twenty one Road Glide. Did you hear about that?
1: No, I, I can't. I'm trying to do the math on that. That's uh, that's
0: impossible. At at first thought, yeah, you would think that. I mean. I just, my first thought was all the maintenance that goes into your bike over the course of 100,000 miles, and then trying to just do that, just try to do the maintenance in 100 days. That sounds tough, right? And then ride 1,000 miles every day during that 100 days on top of that, Uh, it's pretty impressive. And the guy, you know, I had my friend uh, Eric Vaughn from Destroyer Garage. We both sat down to talk to this guy, and I was like, you know, I thought we were going to grill him and we were going to find some, I thought, I thought we were going to break him, you know, and we were going to find out he didn't do it, but no, his attitude, his nonchalant—like he didn't do it. You know, he just didn't even, he didn't even care if we believed him, you know, like, <laughs> uh, and it was yeah, only that kind of attitude would be able to do something like that.
1: That is a bold statement to have done that. That is, that's, yeah, I I can't I can't do
0: the math on that. Where, where did he go, dude? He went everywhere. He went everywhere multiple times too. You know, <laughs> like he did the coast to coast. He did all four corners. He did all of his maintenance uh, back in in Houston where he bought the bike. So he would come in for the tires and the oil at the same dealership he bought the bike, and they were ready for him. He'd go upstairs and take a nap. They'd do the oil, put new tires on, check everything, and. And then he'd get back out on the road. Hotels, camping, what do you think? Yeah, he did a little bit of both. Uh, he said, you know, he, he'd get hotels for three or four hours just to get three or four hours of good sleep, you know? Instead of just laying and by the wh- bike, not really sleeping that it, well. Was it some kind of a cause? Was, he raising, was it a fundraiser? Yeah, so he raised $100,000 for uh, muscular dystrophy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Duchene's, and he wasn't even, he wasn't even gonna do that. He didn't even tell anybody. Like he was just gonna go do it, and he he was talking to some guys about it, and I guess one of his his buddies has a charity, and he was like, well, why don't you document it and we use it to raise. Money and he was like, "Well, okay, I, this kid, guy didn't even have a social media before this, you know." Like, <laughs> he was literally just gonna do it, you know, just to do it. So the record, the record before him was forty-five thousand miles in forty-five days, and the guy that had that record also lives in Texas. And so, when this guy I'm talking about that did the hundred, his name's Chris Hopper. When he got to forty-five thousand. The guy who held the record originally got on the road and rode that last thousand miles with him to kind of like, you know, tip the hat and pass the torch on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I thought was just really fucking cool, you know, that the guy would be that conducive or that, uh, you know, that nice about somebody breaking his. I mean, because 45,000 in 45 days, that's a, I mean. I, you know, it's those miles and numbers are just, they're just hard to fathom, really.
1: I, I mean, imagine you get into a rhythm and you just get addicted
0: to the the pace, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, Yeah, but that's a, that's a pace. I'm just not, you know, I don't, I've only done a thousand miles in a day one time and it wasn't even that that's what I was trying to do. I just, I had some bike problems and had to be somewhere and. You know, my friend Mike let me borrow a bike. Uh, so I did, I think, 1,200 miles on an FXR with the sidecar in one day going from Texas to North Carolina. And, wow. you know, that's not, I didn't, wasn't, I didn't even, I, I, did, I don't even think I gave it a thought. Like, I forgot that I did it. Really, when I was having the podcast, I, was, I didn't think I'd done 1,000 miles in a day until I think my dad reminded me, like, hey, remember when you did this? Oh yeah, I guess I did do that once. I, I, I mean, I really appreciate
1: that. I don't, I don't have that skill set. I, I can't. Three, four hours, I got to take a break. I start to fall asleep. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I think you could if the if the circumstances demanded it, and you had made some some uh, some obligations or you had made some commitments, and that's just what it took. I think I no, think I Pratt Pratt can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably just smart enough I, to not get yourself in a situation where that has to happen, though.
1: <laughs> I appreciate the confidence.
0: <laughs> well, you've gone I this far, so
1: yeah. Well, th- th- so, wait, just so before we finish that, that's your next. Did you release that one? Did I, I? I haven't. I haven't heard that one. Yeah.
0: No, I released it a, a, last week or the week before
1: okay i okay. Uh,
0: I took a break at the beginning of the year and then I ended up recording like four or five podcasts in a week's time so well, well, why'd, you, why'd you take a break? I was hunting oh where, where do you go, what do you what do you hunt well this this particular week I was hunting elk in New Mexico huh. And what do you know about elk hunting? How do you know? How do you know to find an elk? Well, I mean, I don't. Obviously, I didn't find one. (laughs) Uh, It was more of a learning experience. And uh, it was tough, dude. It was fucking cold. We did a lot of hiking. Uh, The weather was not in our favor. You know, they hadn't gotten the snowfall that we were planning on to be able to be successful where we were hunting so it made it even more difficult on us uh yeah I, I don't know anything so i learned a lot did you go with a guide or a service or what Who oh, you? that would have been smart no i really no me and two other friends that had never done it before we uh we just went up there and started figuring it out and we will continue to figure it out
1: and you, are you, where you staying at night? Are you camping along a trail, or are you, you, you know, you
0: guys? No, we had a, at night. No, I had a box trailer, and uh, okay, you know, I had some generators. I really, I wasn't even gonna bring the generators to run heat. In the last minute, I was like, oh, we got room, we'll throw it in there. Well, fuck, I don't know that we would have made it if I didn't do that. The first night, it was negative ten. And, oh, good lordy! Uh, we, I mean, we didn't the whole time preparing for the hunt i was just thinking about keeping myself warm you know like gloves and fucking long johns and all that shit never once did i think about like our gear staying warm so we all of our water froze the first night and you know we had to take a step back and reevaluate is, is our this, situation <laughs> is this in a podcast too this yeah this in, oh, uh, yeah Dan- yeah it's yeah. uh me and my buddy Jake, we did a podcast in the truck driving home from New Mexico. And how, how long were you in the, in the woods, in, you know, or in, in the rough? I think we did seven days. Okay. Yeah, and we'd hike in every day, or we'd just go drive around the mountain in glass. It's an interesting hunt where, you know, we got a section that we could legally shoot the elk. And normally, in January... The snow has forced a lot of elk down into that area and they and it's normally sure. a pretty easy hunt. And this year that was not the case. The weather didn't it just they hadn't they hadn't gotten the snow like they normally do to push the animals down from the altitude. So Sure, sure. It was fun, you All know. Right. It, was, it was definitely yeah, learned it a lot. Like- for sure.
1: It sounds as though that the hunt is the least part of the experience of why you do it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, that's definitely drives it. You know, my my wife and my kids really love, you know, like I have deer here on the property that I shoot and they really enjoy that meat that they've had some elk. They enjoy it. So, you know, that's a big animal. It could have been a, a good opportunity to fill my freezer with meat and uh, that but that didn't happen. Sure, sure but it'll keep me going back so well i, I asked about your podcast i,
1: I want you to know I, I listen to them on spotify and they help me they help me sleep and so <laughs> your voice and your stories are are just like all twisted up in my brain like like a, a, a like a wild bush you know like okay. a tumbleweed okay and your phrases and stories just roll around in my head And I don't know, even if it's my reality or yours, it's (laughs) some twisted psychotic
0: stuff. It's deep. Oh wow! (laughs) Do you listen to any other podcast?
1: You know what I've been digging up? Yeah, is uh, "Cocaine and Rhinestones." Oh, heard that
0: one. So good, Tyler Mahan Co. Now I haven't listened to all of the second season, but the first season I listened to probably three times. Yeah. He is such a again, good storyteller, for sure, for sure. And even that, the way when I, when I just let it play for hours,
1: it kind of goes out of order. I don't know why that, that is. And so there's a Danger Dan, cocaine, and rhinestones, you know, twisting around in my head. And and furthermore, whenever we take a long trip with my family, my family we listen to Danger Dan at least one, you know, at least one episode.
0: And, oh, that's awesome.
1: And and once I'm fed that. Once we're fed that as a family, is a true story. We all begin to talk like you. So we try to out danger dance each other <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> with little phrases. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. Well, you know, yeah, danger man. So cocaine Say and rhinestones. Like- it inspired me, and I've you know I've been working on another podcast that's more about the motorcycle industry, builders, companies, races, rallies. And I'd like to do a historical podcast like Cocaine and Rhinestones, but, you know, about the motorcycle industry. Sure, but, but
1: now that's a bold statement. Even what he bit off is a bold statement. And, and he seems to be spending a lot of time, and when I first listened to it, too much time proving his statistics and proving his shit. And yeah. I'm only guessing because he has a lot of people like trying to one-up him on information that they think is true. Well, and I, well I think
0: it, well, I think what it is is he's read a lot of books and stuff that don't quite fit the stories that he was told from the actual people in the stories, because you got to remember we're talking about David Allen Coe's son, so he probably had a lot more insight than some of the other people who have written books.: Sure where they might have gotten the story second or third or fourth hand, and then Tyler got the story firsthand. And he's just like, you know, he's, he's laying out all those statistics to show you that he's not just saying this, you know, just because you can't find it in a book. Look at all these other things that prove what I'm fixing to say because I heard it from the source. Sure. What sure. about the, the analogies he uses at the beginning of the podcast? You know, like he well, did, he right. did that one about the bull, the uh, the mata, the mata, what do you call him? The matador. Yeah, the bullfighters. You know, comp- I don't think that
1: then, sounds familiar. And That's-
0: then, but he the the way he tells those stories about things like the way it relates to what the actual like it's hard to understand why he's telling you that story until you hear the podcast in full, and then you see how the two relate, and uh, right, just, it's very well, interesting. That-
1: that's like NPR formula, right? If you ever listened to NPR, uh, Ida Glass isn't that his formula?
0: Like I, I don't know about with, that one specifically.
1: But but like he they'll hook you with like a totally unrelated thing, recyclable Coke bottles, you know, and then what it has to do with motorcycle tires? Yeah, and it and it hooks you, you know, so, so you have to listen to that last paragraph. It's pretty good stuff. Well, I, I, Oh, look, well, but, but so you doing it, do you think you're well-read? Do you think you have the, you know, because I imagine at, at his house, he's got, you know, pictures with, with red line, with red string drawn from picture to picture, and he's got stacks of books like he's a private investigator. Oh, you, so think I, that's, you got
0: that tenacity? No. Well, so this is this idea has evolved where I've tried to bring other people in to help me out because, you know, as I've read more and more about motorcycles in the history You know, there's just a, it's like, where do I even start this story? You know, like, do I start back in the, when the bicycles were born? You know, uh, and then, and then how do you progress it? You know, like there's just different ways to lay it out. So, you know, I guess I'm actively, but not real actively looking for somebody (laughs) who is a better writer than me that, uh, is interested in doing this. Because it would take and, and that, a
1: lot, for sure, for sure. And, and but I think that the cocaine and rhinestones one is—that's is, a lot. Like it's the the detail is almost too overwhelming. Have, have you have you heard have you seen that one? MTV did a series. This guy did a uh, his dissertation on metal music. Did you see that? No. Oh, and he broke down all the genres of metal. My my point is, again, I'm not giving you advice or anything, but I could see you reducing the complex problem of motorcycles to a smaller niche or, you know to a smaller bite size
0: ch- uh, absolutely yeah and i feel like the cocaine and rhinestones what you're saying he really got even more detail oriented in this second season where the first season yeah. was it was it was more of a flowing story he told with each one where now he's like yeah. he's gotten so in depth that that's maybe that's why i haven't finished the second season yet because it's just like it's just too much you know one thing i would w- that i would like to do is kind of relate how motorcycles have progressed with like the industrialization of you know of humans you know like the like as as you know kind of tell it along with world history you know like as these things happened it affected or, you know, this kind of stuff was happening in motorcycles, you know, and kind okay, of for, relate it on so a not, broader level. Yeah, not
1: technology, but more uh, uh, motorcycles, uh, social, social influence on society.
0: Yeah, or how right? society socially influenced motorcycles.
1: Yeah, sure, for sure, for sure. Maybe, you know, in the 50s and, yeah, I, can, I don't even have to, yeah, this book it's itself, this is a great idea.
0: I think it could be, yeah, it is. And I've, I've just been buying, like I have, I haven't even read half of the books, maybe not even a quarter of the books that I've bought so far. Sure. Um, sure. You, do, do you like reading? Well, that, that's another problem, you know, is I'm, I, I, I'm not great at reading. I enjoy what I get out of reading, but to like sit down and focus and really take it all in is tough. So I, I look for a lot of these on audio. And a lot of these books are not in audio form. So I'm like, some of this stuff I would love to just read out loud, you know? Like, I don't know what the legality is on that. I mean, obviously, it's probably not legal. But, you know, there are some great motorcycle books that are not available in the audio form. And I think that more people would benefit from those books if they were at least, you know, put into an audio format. Um, Sure. Sure. Which I think that's also why this podcast would do so well, is because most of the information you can't just listen to, and there's a lot of people that can put earphones in and listen to stuff while they're working throughout the day, but they can't read a book while they're, you know, working the line sure. or whatever they may be doing.
1: Sure. I'm sure the technology advances, though, would allow you to do that. You could take a picture of each page, right, and put it in your earbuds, and then hit the road for your thousand miles.
0: Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Just taking all those pictures would be tough.
1: Well, just the same. I hope uh, I, I I hope something comes out of this. Well uh, if, oh if there's you're doing uh, enough, by the way. Yeah, I mean, as as mean it as, really as if you don't if, have any free time.
0: If the only thing that comes out is me reading more books, then I'll be good with that too. <laughs> now whatever did uh, what happened to the, the the flat out Friday Mama tried podcast? Uh, the brap yap the brap yap. there you go yeah <laughs> well
1: so I, I don't have an official statement on that so I'll just like I'll guess what happened to it and and that is I mean I think the wind came out of our sails when we got shut down you know yeah I, I just noticed I don't have the stoke for much <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not complaining we all went through the same thing yeah you know. I guess it just hit me hard because it, it happened in such a ton of bricks. It didn't ravel. It didn't unravel. It happened to me. You know, I lost all of my money, all of my equity within three hours, you know? And, and I'm still emotionally getting over that. So I'm only guessing my partners are kind of in that same, that same uh, wavelength. We're just getting our stoke back. There's just finally a little bit of wind in the sails and a little bit of clear water.
0: Well, I mean, it looked like the last party that you guys had this last Mama Tried Flat Out Friday went really well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it was near perfect.
0: Damn. It,
1: in every you know, in every way, I, of course, I can nitpick and I can find the complaints. The complaints come easy, or the you know the the hard parts come easy. But I'm trying to. Be positive about it. And it's really everything that I would have ever hoped. If you were to write it down, it was a great show, great weekend. I mean, great isn't great isn't the right word. It's, it was deeper than that. It was a relief. It was, uh, it was deep.
0: Um, all of this is that's deep. All, that's great to hear. I know that, uh, you know, after the last one, leaving it, you know, it just shutting down like what happened. Being able to finally get back out there and do it again had to have felt really good.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. You,
0: you know, you. Yeah, I, I
1: can't explain explain it other than it's just so. I was just lost, just without a purpose. I I have to have a purpose. I need to be working towards a goal, and then when there is no goals, nothing to do, I was just just staggering around. And then, and then that's. I've always had this work ethic where I can't have a cold beer until I work for it.
0: Oh, man.
1: So I'll always tell myself, like, all right, I think I'm going to have some beers tonight. But first, I better clean out that garage or, or give it 20 minutes or something. Yeah. And if I'm going to go on a drunk or if I'm going to really party and let myself loose, i got to fill an arena full of people and work the whole weekend.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, did you get drunk after? I guess you got drunk after the last one, huh?
1: Uh, yeah, 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 well, you know, I also, you know, I mean, I'm a constant walking contradiction. After a while of partying, I mean, truth be told, I mean, it's a party from Wednesday to Sunday. By about Saturday night, I'm starting to, all right, this is enough, this is enough partying. I need a little (laughs) bit of time. (laughs) I need to take a walk. I remember I took a walk Saturday night. I walked for about two hours just walking around the city by myself. Wow and that was that was that was a great celebration too for myself it was I enjoyed that that walk of, of smiling that's awesome you, you know this you can only talk about motorcycles so long
0: <laughs> yeah you're right I mean I was just thinking when you were saying when we were talking about the brap yap and the sail got taken out of y'all's winds uh, or the wind got taken out of your sails you know I've had people approach me over the years about wanting to start their own podcast and they uh they, they ask me, you know, what advice I can give them or what I've learned. And one thing I always tell them is, like, it really the hardest thing is to keep going. You know, like, to keep doing it. You know, like, it's easy to start doing it, but to continue on, you know. Um, for sure, for sure. And just and, and, and I noticed that,
1: too, that I noticed, like, I don't know, maybe we did five or, or so, that by the fifth one, you know, you're, we're like, wait a minute. We can't just sit here and talk. We have to start, like, making a plan <laughs> yeah. or it's just not going to be entertaining
0: it is and that's you know somehow i've still I, you know there's not much planning that goes into mine besides planning who i'm going to talk to uh but i find that the well, best but, ones are when i when i have genuine questions and i want to know what's going on you know like where where are we at here and you know and that's really what drives the conversation
1: for sure for sure well, you're a good listener, also. You're a great listener, and you you, you remember, and you piece things together. You make connections. Uh, that's why... And your general format is you're you're talking with people. So, Brap Yap, you know, with just three dudes talking, we needed... You know, you have constant fresh blood and questions and, and things. That's what makes you more, much more interesting than what we were doing.
0: Well, I, I mean, I think that what you guys were doing, yeah. I think it, it's possible, and it's got... You know, there's some, uh, there's a lot of potential there. But yeah, you're right, like having talking points and things to uh, interact and, you know, having something to generate opinions and ideas.
1: Sure, sure. A a spark or stoke, we call that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I appreciate that someone's listening or someone listened to it anyway, so.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean. You know, I don't listen to a lot of motorcycle podcasts, um, really, at all. But I, I try and tune, like, whenever I notice a new one, I at least listen to one episode. Uh, sure. But the way you guys were doing it, where you, like, had information that I wanted, you know, when you're talking about the show coming up or the races, um, you know, I think it's a great platform, even if you only do it Leading up to the shows, you know, because there is people that have questions, you know, maybe people who have been invited for the first time or going to race for the first time. It's a great way to get information out and an enjoyable way that, you know, people, you know, I guess people, I don't know if you've experienced this, but people don't read, you know, like you can put it on the website, you can put it in the emails, but like the information just doesn't always sink in. So for sure. putting it in the podcast form, I think, is a great idea, if it, even if it is nothing but, you know, around the event, you know, where it's just sure. like, hey, this is just info for the people that want to know and are going to be a part and are curious.
1: For sure, for sure. You, well, the, uh, well, what I did last night, as a matter of fact, is I did one on Instagram uh, for a half hour. I, just, I did exactly that by myself on Instagram for a half hour. And so it's, it's, I don't know, Instagram, it's just such a direct medium. It doesn't have to get condensed and edited. And, yeah. But it's also not as entertaining. How did that go? Uh, it goes okay. I mean, it's all right. I, I talk about the same things. I'm trying to just keep my message clean and simple and direct. I think I used to be a bit more, um, maybe a little more arrogant when I first started this, kind of kicking in the door. Um, but now I've made a lot of friends, and I, I'm just looking to, to kind of keep what I got. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy <laughs> with what I got going, and I realize my idea is pretty radical still, and I don't want to rock the boat much more than I already have.
0: Oh, man. I, I mean, it's definitely, uh, compared to all the racing I've done, it's definitely unique, you know, in your pro and everything about it. The approach, I mean, everything from the sign-ups to the, the pep talk before the race and all of those things I value so much, uh, the way
1: you well, do them. I, I appreciate it because, because I mean, I'm sure I've said this a hundred times. I mean, you've heard this. I mean, your listeners know it. I want the experience uh, of being together as I want to curate that equally to the racing. Cause I think the two work together hand in hand. And so I'm just putting a little emphasis on the hanging out and the friendships that are developing and the stories that we share.
0: Absolutely. No, it's a beautiful, and it, you know, it. I would say it it changed the way I approach all other types of racing. You know, like, it changed just hearing you put it into words and explain exactly what's going on. It made me approach other situations uh, with more respect and awareness and appreciation. Wow, that's powerful. Absolutely, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Even if people don't even relate it to what, they heard you say i mean they may not be tying the two together but i know that you know when i go race another race i'm like this guy this fucking promoter is not near as good as jeremy you know that's always my first thought it's like god i wish jeremy was running this race
1: well i appreciate that That, that's that's heavy well as i think we all have we all the language for racing, it, where people, they want to copy it or just a copy of the same, whether you're racing snowmobiles or, or skateboards or snowboards, it's the same language. And I think there's more to it. It needs to be developed a little more.
0: Well, and I think also there's different intentions that other people are putting on races, you know, uh, and they don't always realize themselves why they have what they have and And why it's been successful. So they don't address those things. Uh, Sure, sure. They're they're addressing other things.
1: Give me an example on that. I appreciate where you're going with this.
0: Um, You know, like... uh, So, you know, like when somebody gets brought in to run a race for an event. You know, like a paid promoter. Come here. We have this event. We want you to have a race for us. And, you know, they line out all the racers. And they get everything organized so that... You know, the racers know where they're supposed to be. They know how the heats are going to go, who goes on, what the rules and regulations are. But, you know, they're not there. You know, they don't maybe they don't realize that they're being paid to put on a show. Maybe the person, the event promoter hasn't really communicated to them like, hey, you know, we are hiring you to come, you know, fulfill all the logistics for this race so that we can entertain this crowd you know? And sometimes the things that uh, make a race better for the racers don't make it better for the viewers. And, you know, people don't always realize the two, or they want one more than they want the other, where, you know, maybe the racers have to go out and race on something that's a little bit more dangerous than it could be because they're more worried about the fans getting to see somebody. Instead of, like, just... Realizing that both those things are happening at the same time and addressing both things, that uh, where there is some give and take, so that everybody's a little bit better off at the in the end.
1: Well, well said, well said. I'm going to relate it. I'm going to tell you that you inspired me in a quote that I now now I use. When when you told me about your bands, you realized you were just a glorified beer salesman.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a hard truth, what, man. That was a hard truth. Yeah, that's, that was a hard pill to swallow, dude.
1: That's what Flat Out Friday is, right? At the arena. That's that's a hard pill to swallow too. I'm talking all about this art and community bullshit. But I'm really able to book arena because we sell so much beer.
0: Yeah, well, and it's it's better to be aware of that and at least have you know, at least know that while you're you know, while you are curating community and stories and building relationships. Sure. So that you can continue to build more relationships and tell more stories. For sure. For sure. And, and I think what sets me apart is
1: I have a, I have a job. I mean, I, this isn't my job. I'm a, I'm a teacher. I plan to be a teacher and retire a teacher. And if this isn't fun, I don't want to do it. It's awesome. And, and so the thought of, like, doing a race at a county fair somewhere and having everybody crabby and in the sun with no inspiration, that, that doesn't inspire me at all.
0: Dude, what do you got against county fairs, man?
1: No, well, nothing, but, but there's no, it's just, it's formated, it's, it's, or it's formulated. It's, yeah. I, I love those races. Those are great. I'll go as a fan, but I, it just doesn't, I, I don't, it's a job. No, I mean, you know, it's no, a, I mean it's and job. that's,
0: honestly, that's one of my, I wouldn't say it's a complaint, but it's one thing that I'm aware of now that we're, you know, a lot of events that have racing, if I'm going to go out there and race, that, that takes the whole day. You know, like instead of, uh, you know, being able to hang out with everybody throughout the day and then go watch the races that night, the finals or whatever it may be. When you're racing, it's like a full day commitment. So when I go someplace for for me to really be effective communicating with uh, whether it's listeners or just builders or just meeting people at an event, I can't really do that and race and get all, you know, and make that trip really worth it.
1: Uh, for sure for
0: sure so you know being able to yeah that's just a tough one that's just something but it's you know it's got to happen it's like when I when I first heard of flat out Friday all I see is the racing that happens at night and then I sign up and show up and I'm like fuck we're going to be out here racing all day long you know like which is <laughs> awesome I love doing that but at the same time I had <laughs> other things that I like you know For me to, like, validate my expenses of going up there that I wanted or needed or thought I needed to do during the day. Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I wasn't more clear.
0: No, well, I'm sure you were. I I learned that well before I showed up. uh, But, you know, that's just my own unique experience, you know?
1: For sure. And, And what that reminds me, you know, I never really seriously tried flat track racing. I know I have. I've raced, I don't know, maybe six races or so. Uh, but there were always on my son's motorcycle who's there racing also. my point is I couldn't be a race dad and a racer. You have to take the racing seriously, and that's all you can do that day,
0: yeah, absolutely. right does that make sense you, yeah absolutely you, 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 your brain has
1: to be in it or, or you're not committed and you're gonna get hurt
0: yeah it's that's exactly right, yeah, being a dad and a racer, yeah. My kids yeah. are getting I,
1: excited. I, I, oh yeah, How old are your kids?
0: Six and eight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You, are you, do they got you got motocross down there or trail riding? They got bikes? Yeah. So they, they,
0: they got bikes and, you know, there's an enduro series that I'd like to take them to. Um, yeah. But I, I'm just going to have to go and be race dad, you know, like, or at least fill it out. I think they set it up to where the kids race a little differently to where the parents can race as well uh oh for sure but i feel like yeah there's like a, you know there's part of me that thinks i just need to go out there and you know help them out the whole time but i also like to help them out by showing them what to do you know by racing myself uh but i think there's you know there's a it's a tight line to walk
1: but i'll I'll say seeing your kids out there and succeeding or failing is just so powerful absolutely more powerful because I'll never really take it that serious. I'm fine with getting last, but when your kid is third, he's got a chance to get second. You're just on the edge of your your wits. It's
0: <laughs> the greatest part about it. So my kids have really gotten uh, competitive in jujitsu. Uh,
1: oh yeah, I love it. I got my kid. One of my kids in that too.
0: Nice. Yeah, love I mean, it. They so go every day. Uh, they actually they go six days a week, and they wow. love it. you know like. On Wednesdays I go ride dirt bikes, and every Wednesday I'm like, "You guys want to go ride, or you want to go do jujitsu?" And they're like, "Fucking jujitsu!" Every time. So, (laughs) but seeing my kids both like, you know, choke some kid out and get second place at a tournament a couple weeks ago, I was I was just stoked, you know. And I was just stoked to have them, you know, just see them out there like, you know, that's like a different side when the competitive nature starts kind of coming through. You know, the first couple of tournaments. They just went out there and got choked, you know, and they didn't even care. They still, they had fun, but they weren't like, you know, they didn't even yeah. know what winning and losing was to some extent or, you know, like it didn't bother them, but sure. but that's what it took for them to like, oh, okay. I don't want that to happen again. You know, like I want to be the guy doing the choking.
1: Uh, yeah. And then, and, and then they learned a technique. Yep. So
0: that, no, that's great. That is cool. So you got, how old's your kid doing jujitsu? Uh, he's 14. He's really small. Yeah. Like, he looks like
1: he's nine. And and I think he's not a physical type at all, you know. He, like, he came home one day and was like, I want to do that sport where you can defend yourself. And I, I knew exactly what he was talking about, and so let's do it. That's awesome. I call him the booger. I call him the booger because he just sticks to you. That's his That's his whole game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you, do you practice at all with them? Do you go up there and train?
1: Uh, you know, I, I said I was going to as my New Year's resolution. I bought a new pair of jogging pants with the tags on them. <laughs> I told them I to go out there. Because, you know, they have those deals, right? I'm sure they all have the same deal, like, you know, first 10 lessons free or whatever. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like I know the sport, you know, from, from watching it, right? Watching all the classes. And I feel like I could kick some ass in the beginner beginner class for a day or two. Yeah. Until they realize I'm
0: forty-eight. <laughs> well, luckily it's divided by like weights, you know, the weight. Well, and skill and skill level. Yeah, and and skill. I you
1: know, I would probably be out there fighting the nine year olds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I haven't I mean, I think this started actually because I was going to do jujitsu like four or five years ago. And then I, uh, so I took the kid up there, my oldest one. He was like four at the time. And just the people at the gym, just, I don't know, we didn't communicate. And then I, I found this, this just, I mean, it was a barn turned into a boxing training facility. So I started yeah. going there, and that they they spoke my language a little better. This old man, he'd just smoke cigarettes and drink beer and tell everybody what to do. Uh, <laughs> and then he would just outbox us and out-train us with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. It was just like, how can, how can you not respect this old dude, you know? <laughs> the guy laid concrete during the day.
1: <laughs> it, it, you, you seem to have the tenacity of it. I, you, you would be a good fighter. I would not want to... I would not want to have the jiu-jitsu match, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I just... you got the size, you're in great shape, and I, and
1: I feel like you would have the discipline. I mean, I,
0: I definitely have... I, I got a work ethic, you know? Like, I'm, I'm down for doing some work. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I just... I never stuck with me. Uh, it was funny. That, that gym I was actually boxing at, I didn't realize it at the time, but the guys that I was sparring with, most of them were cops uh, that would go to that gym to train. Uh, mainly, be, they have like this event called, uh, what is it called? Hoses and guns and hoses or...
1: Oh, so it was like, it was like a jujitsu, like police versus fireman? That's
0: what it was. It was guns and hoses. Yeah, yeah. it was a police versus fireman competition. And one of the, one of the uh, tasks was boxing. Um, and some guy made a comment after I got out of the ring sparring with somebody, and he was like, that, that's that's probably the only place you'll ever get to beat up on a cop like that. And, and that's when I, I realized that I was dealing with cops there. Uh, but that was, that was a fun time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How, when was this? How, what year, how long ago? This was probably five, six years ago. Okay, okay. Yeah, about that time. I can't remember if it was before I quit drinking or after. I think it was before. I don't know. Huh. I bet you'd you'd be even better now. Yeah, I don't, I mean, my shoulder now is kind of like not, I mean, that's what the excuse I use now as to why I don't go wrestle with the kids. Uh, Mm. Just, it's just, I'd rather hurt it riding motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more well, well, that's speed, great. Your both your kids are into it. Both your kids do jujitsu. Oh yeah, they love it, man. They love it. Oh, that's great. And they they, they wrestle each other. Oh, they've been doing that since they could wrestle each <laughs> other. I mean, that's really where that came. Like we had to get them. They had to be going to do something. And we homeschool them, so that's like their that's like their uh, their social studies for the day. You know, every and yeah. they go hang out with the kids. And, uh, you know, they get the interactions that they don't get at home with other kids. For sure, for sure. For and, and what, what city? I, are you allowed to say that? What city are you in? Oh, I'm in, in, Weather- I'm in Weatherford, Texas, just outside of Fort Worth. I'm absolutely allowed to say that.
1: <laughs> Is it a rural community? What, they grow cattle out
0: by you? What, what oh, you we got it. I got, I'm, I'm looking at a cow right now.
1: So how far from the downtown uh, Fort Worth?
0: I am probably 30-something miles. Yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I can pop into the city. It's, uh, it's like an hour to get to an international airport if the traffic's right. Sure. So I'm, I'm out here. But, you know, they're selling all the land around us and building houses, and it's, it's changing very fast. For sure. There's a southern boom, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? Oh, my. That's an understatement.
1: Atlanta area, you know, uh, Houston, Fort Worth, that's where re- all of us northerners are going to retire. Is it really? I, 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 don't, know. It's, I don't know. I'm don't know. i just going to guess, you know, you live in Milwaukee or an older city up here, and you buy a $300,000 used home in a downtown setting, which is pretty cool, and that's the way. But if you want a nice family, big size, two story—I don't know what do they call them—a ranch with a garage, yeah—you can
0: have a new one made in you know
1: suburban Texas, right, for three hundred thousand.
0: No, you can't. They're like they're like a million now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, scratch that theory. Especially everybody that's listening, they might be two million. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's yeah, you're right. It is cheaper down here. You can get a little piece of the pie. Uh, we're not as condensed right it's a little bit more spread out and uh sure yeah there's a lot of people moving here um yeah well that's exciting it it's it can be yeah it can be it can be <laughs> but uh and you're are you still in the same neighborhood obviously the same place you do the the, uh, the 24-hour motors or dirt the twenty four hour bicycle ride
1: that's right, that's where I live i in it's called a neighborhood called River West, just north of the down, downtown Milwaukee
0: how's the, the, uh, the how's the uh, what'd you call it the uh oh, man the brothel, not the brothel the hostel the oh. hostel I stayed in down the street.
1: <laughs> Let's just call it a brothel just for the better story okay. <laughs> Uh, it's not, you know, it didn't make it. It was a COVID victim, a COVID victim. What do you call it? Quarantine victim.
0: Oh man, I think they turned it
1: into apartments. Really? Or rental units? Yeah, yeah. Because right, right, I don't know when it. Ha- it just never took off, right? It just never took off. I, mm-hmm. I didn't get the. I didn't get the business model of why I could. I mean, Airbnb. I can get a room, a nice room for forty bucks, and I have to share it with a bunch of hippies. Yeah.
0: Not that there's anything wrong with that, but. Yeah, I mean, that's a, and, t- that's a tough one. It, and I stayed there with you, and not, I mean, after you. I stayed
1: there after you. I, I spent the night there during the, during the bike race okay, uh, or, or whatever. Well, was, it the, was it before that? I don't know. Maybe I stayed with the. Maybe it was right when they opened, right before you stayed there. And there was, little, there was like little nuances that no one told me about. Like, I don't know about, like, do I fart? Can I fart when I'm sleeping? And so, like, that's one thing I was, I was kind
0: of worried about.
1: I didn't want to have to get up and climb down the bunk and have to go pee six times at night.
0: Yeah, I mean, those are just things that you just, uh, you know, you ask for forgiveness later if that's a problem, you know? Well, <laughs> no,
1: I, I live in this neighborhood here, and it's great. Uh, it's it's the reason why I am. I bought the house when I was 20 years old. I paid $14,000, and uh, you know, I got it paid off so I can...
0: Invest, you know, I got a little bit of money to play with. That's awesome. Yeah. I enjoy your. That's one thing, you know, We and I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about where we're at and what we got here. But when I grew up, I was in a neighborhood, and I loved taking off on my bicycle and going, meeting up with my buddies, you know, and going vandalizing the local gas station or, you know, just exploring the neighborhood, building jumps on vacant lots. Uh, and my kids, they don't, you know, they don't have that. They got a different experience. Uh, for sure. For but sure. I, I really thought I learned a lot uh, being able to do that, you know, going out there and sure. interacting with, you know, with the people of the community.
1: For sure. For sure. And, and also being a time to be
0: unparented. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Time was, to be left uh, alone and figure out life in a fairly little safe world.
0: Yeah, your neighborhood is really cool. I enjoyed enjoyed my trip through there. What about a? Uh, oh shit! I can't. Believe, I just forgot his name. He's got the the bread La, truck. Lala. Yeah, Lala.
1: <laughs> now you know the story of Lala. He so he was the engineer at my school, and, and uh, at the high school right around the corner here. And, and I was a teacher and I taught students. Uh, that were moderate. It was the time was called moderate CD or moderate moderate cognitive disability. So students with like a 30 IQ, roughly, uh, like some people that would generally wipe tables at McDonald's or um, kind of, you know, a student like that, and uh, I would would ask him, hey, do you think we could clean the cafeteria for you? You know, we'll, you can help us push a broom or give us a mop and we'll hang out for an hour and clean the cafeteria with you. And we became good friends and he said, I want to work with you. I don't, I'm going to quit being an engineer and I'm going to be your assistant. So we ran a classroom together for a number of years and we got crazier and crazier students. And I mean that with love. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, I mean, we got some really intense, students. if they didn't know what to do it, like Jeremy and Lala, you know, they'll take them. If they like to like, you know, just to, if they like to chronically fight. And we just had some really tough, tough people. And I remember my last one year, I was like, I can't take it anymore. But I told Lala, if we get it through this year, with these kids, I will. Uh, I'll take you to Cancun, and so <laughs> right after graduation, we got on a plane and we went to Cancun for four days. Nice. And celebrated. Uh, I guess our end of that. That bright spark, like when a band when a band breaks up at just the right time.
0: Well, what did he do after <laughs> that? So he's still there. He's still another teacher's assistant.
1: Okay. I got a different position. But he's followed me all along. So with with motorcycling, he's become—I I mean, my right-hand man, in the motorcycle world as well. And he's—he's he's been my right-hand man with the bicycle race too. If you need—you need something done on the DL, uh, he'll handle it for you. If you need something <laughs> done; if you don't want to write down, he'll take care of it.
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: You know, you need—I don't know—a a dumpster full of roof shingles boom he'll make him disappear you know that's just one example
0: so he's still with you he's still your right hand man he's still my right hand man i mean and i mean that like with respect like i don't he doesn't
1: work for me like he's my buddy like he he works with me shit I, I, he called me up i, I re-roofed his house you know just he's like do you know the shit i do for you get over here <laughs> <laughs> every roof in his house and you know the whole time i'm like complaining he's like, i know you ain't complaining
0: oh that's awesome <laughs> that's a, you got it's good to have friends like that man no oh it's great it's great
1: and i would i would have a my deep relationships are all like that where they're contentious and honest and and a little bit a little bit of rub constant rub you're pushing each other to be better.
0: that's it that's absolutely right and and those of that don't know who lala is he's he's
1: Real handsome young man. Actually, he's oh, not. He's an old man. Real handsome old man. He's in all of our videos. He's become part of the crew. He's he's befriended Warren and Scott.
0: Oh, well, that's awesome. He's still yeah. riding. Has he got a bike.
1: it has got that wonderful. I don't, what is that thing? It's
0: fifteen hundred. I don't know.
1: It's you know it's a massive machine. I can't ride on the right side of him. It's too loud.
0: Oh, that's awesome! But he's got a beautiful chopper. Yes, that's awesome. Well, he keeps uh, it in his living room. He keeps it in his living room. <laughs> yes. Oh, he loves this chopper. <laughs> so we got a you got another Mama Tried Flat Out Friday coming up. Like, how was it? Yes. You know, like all the events are trying to get back on track. Uh, that you know. You're not the only event that did something in the fall, and it's, and it's swinging right back again here in the springtime. Uh, how did you know? What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, first off, I,
1: I mean, I don't know if I told this story with you or not, but going back years, like to 2019, uh, we were, we couldn't find an arena here in the city, and that would have been the end of Flat Out Friday. And I was begging the Pfizer; it was our only shot. And uh, they called me, and right away they they, they were like, "We looked you up. We know what you do. We signed a three-year deal." And so, you know, the first right one was about to happen. We got canceled, and then that got moved. It got moved actually a number of times. We kept missing. You know, you're predicting. Oh, well, this push should have had six months. You know, in that coming year, and then it became 18 months. But but we all we always had this date coming up. March 4th was always set. And this isn't this isn't the county fair. And again, not to disrespect the county fair again, <laughs> but these are these are serious contracts with serious money, and you can't just you know. I took March fourth, and I knew it was going to be during bike week. My my point is, it's not it's not messing around. This is a real deal. This is serious financial commitment to make this stuff happen. And. And I guess one thing that I'm I'm churning on right now is I, I'm not feeling the soap like right now. I'm not feeling the, the ticket sales, so I'm I'm, I'm really on pace. And as soon as I leave here, I try I hit 15 bars a day uh, with posters and flyers, driving all over the city, different neighborhoods. Damn. Uh, Tattoo shops, barber shops, hanging up posters, just trying to you know get on a microphone and try to sell tickets.
0: Damn, you're on a microphone right
1: now. <laughs> I am on a microphone right now.
0: Uh, it that, might something. look like a cell phone, but it's a microphone right now.
1: I, I appreciate that. And that sounded pretty uh, doom and gloom. That, that's not what I meant. That, that was just a stream of consciousness. Okay. My point is it's going to be great. It's going to be great here. Um, the, we've got a good relationship with the Pfizer. and our, We've got lots of stoke. Our events here, Now, again, what makes our events different is they're curated. So from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we've got crazy events uh, that are that are planned. So there's things that will be thrown at you that you don't expect. The whole time you're here.
0: Well, let's start if with Wednesday. Interact. What's Wednesday? What's Wednesday night's plan? So Wednesday that's, is that March the second.
1: We we uh, we befriended a bar owner downtown, uh, and he lets us ride mini bikes through the bar. So we'll do a race there.
0: Is that the Iron uh, Horse? By
1: uh, that's at
0: Elwood's Bar here in the city. Okay.
1: And I gave that, we gave that night to the leaders. Okay. So uh, I, we're committed to trying to welcome women more and doing a little bit of reading and research on how to do that is, I will, I'm just giving them space. So. The, the leaders are curating that. That's their night. I told them that I would not interfere with what they wanted to organize. But here's your night, and we will promote it. Awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then Thursday, we always, if you come into town, the Harley Davidson Museum is free. And uh, then after, we have a race at the Harley Davidson Museum, a, a little mini bike race, a boonie bike race.
0: Which is always a highlight of going to Milwaukee, is going to the museum. <laughs>
1: Yes, for sure. And we've got a great relationship with them. It's a beautiful space.
0: It is. It really is.
1: Uh, After that, that Thursday is traditionally like our pre-party, like our, I know we already had one on, what is it, Wednesday, but now Thursday is another pre-party.
0: Yeah.
1: And it always gets wild at Fuel, because Scott, my
0: partner, owns it. Yeah, it always gets wild at Fuel. I remember seeing the videos and then being there. And it was so much more intense being in the smoke field. Uh, it's funny getting, I remember I got like the most amazing sandwich right as somebody decided to do a burnout on the bar. I was like, they're serving food and doing burnouts all at the same time. This is amazing.
1: That's true. That's, that's a true, uh, that, that truly happened. And then
0: one of your other right-hand mans, his band sets up, what's that guy's name? His band oh, killed Joey. it. Killed it, dude. <laughs> do they play every year? Or was that like a... Did I get to see uh, something
1: special? They, we, we, I just called them last minute and they showed up.
0: That's so awesome.
1: I like, we, we need... I remember that, that show. I was like, we need something right now. We need some energy. Let's bring the energy. Oh, that was such That's
0: always what call. I think a
1: band... That's what a band, I think, needs to do. I don't think a band... For me, I don't go see a band... Even in my older age here, I don't like to see a band to hear music. I go to see a band to see the energy. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't want to hear a song I know necessarily. I want to see them and watch them and feel them, communicate with each other. And and so if I bring a hardcore band in there, they're going to bring the energy of of a hardcore band. It doesn't matter what the music, what the songs are.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's funny you say that because... We had band practice uh, this last weekend, and we hadn't played together since uh, we played this event called Just Kickers at the Yellow Rose Canyon a few months ago. And I didn't even know, like, a couple days before practice, I realized I don't even know where my drums are at, you know, like, I hadn't (laughs) hadn't seen them since the gig. And and we were playing, and I'm like, gee, like, I need to practice more because I can't even, like, there, I, I, there's no energy coming out of me because all I'm doing is like, I'm stuck in my head trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be playing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for reminding me that that's, that is part of being up. It's like, and, and no, that's what I was going to get at, is while we were practicing, I was like, really, if I'm not like having fun doing, like if I'm not at least showing people I'm having fun, like, I guess, what am I trying to say? Oh yeah, making mistakes and having fun doing it is more effective than just like, you know, almost nailing, or pretty much nailing everything, but not showing everybody how much I'm enjoying it, you know, like being in my head. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, it's like I saw the Rolling Stones a couple, I guess it's been a month or two now, and they didn't, you know, he didn't nail one guitar part, you know, he didn't fucking nail one dance move, But they fucking had so much fun doing it, everybody was loving it. You know, like it didn't matter that he was dancing off beat and he was old and he was wearing fucking old people sneakers. You know, (laughs) he was having fun, you know, moving his body, you know, and it translates way better than uh, greatly played music. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'd rather see a shitty band that was good
1: humans right, than a, a great band that was bad people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for reminding me but, that. <laughs> so music, I mean, I've always had this
1: dream that I, that I could have been on Friday weekend into kind of a music film fest. Yeah. But I think people, it, it hasn't really taken off, but I still secretly try to work music into it just because that's who I am. And I don't want to lose that.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Punk rock, dude. I, that's right. That's right.
1: I think punk rock is healthy for you. I think it is healthy. But just the same now. So, going to the Pfizer on Friday. Of course, we got a ton of tickets still available. The place holds uh 8,000 in the lower bowl. Uh actually 11 we, we fit 11,000 in the building at the last event.
0: 11,000 people at this last event. Yeah. That is Including so the awesome. Pits
1: and all the riders. Uh yeah.
0: Uh, now, now, do you have a do you have an idea as to like how many of those eleven thousand are locals, and then how many eleven thousand traveled from maybe outside the city or state? I'm going to say that a surprisingly amount, and I didn't know this till now, a surprisingly a large amount
1: traveled in. Why I say that is because I just met with the arena, and the arena is like, "Hey, we're really suffering with our group sales uh, because everybody's going to Daytona." So. The arena told me that. So, because people are, they don't know what Daytona is. They don't know. They have no idea. Yeah. So, you know, whether people are traveling to, our our clientele are traveling to Daytona this time.
0: Interesting. Right. So. Yeah. So we're
1: relying on on a heavy local crowd on this show. I'm I'm confident we'll still have about 5,000 in there this time, which is what it takes to pay the rent.
0: I think you're going to get more than that.
1: Well, <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I mean is, here's right. the deal.
0: Daytona is a full week, and you're only touching on the first weekend, and all the cool chopper shit, you know, doesn't start until Monday, right? So I, th- I think you're going to be fine. I've already talked to some people that are driving straight from Milwaukee to Daytona. That's awesome. That's so, awesome. I
1: appreciate that. I
0: mean, I've talked to a handful of people this week that are like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be in Daytona till Wednesday. It's not happening. I'm going to be in Milwaukee the first weekend. I'm like, okay, well, fuck. That's a good That's idea. That's
1: awesome. I need, I need to hear it. I need to hear it because I'm just pacing around, right? You, you take such a gamble.
0: No, and, and people are, you know, I talked to Pat specifically uh, this week from Let's Let. And he was like, no, dude, those guys have been too good to me over the years. Uh, I'm going to Flat Out Friday and Mama tried, and then I'll be in Daytona.
1: I well, I appreciate that. You know, that it's, it's,
0: uh, <laughs> you know, you guys have impacted the community enough to where I know that there are people, especially in my circle, that are putting you guys top priority. Um,
1: I, I I appreciate that because I always I always go back and think, oh man, did I piss someone off? Did I? Am I not reading the situation correctly? Did the community turn its back on me? You
0: know. No, I mean I th- it's 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 a tough one because there are people that have commitments, you know, just long-standing Daytona commitments, and kind of like your situation with the Pfizer. If you let that commitment go for one weekend, somebody else jumps in in Daytona, and then you don't have whatever yeah. you know situation that you've been relying on for years. Uh, for sure. So it is a tough one, but I know that you guys uh, have made an impact on me and other people, and you are top priority. I made some commitments. Uh, Actually, I didn't even... I worked myself into a commitment I didn't see coming. And, you know, it is what it is, and I'm excited about it, but... uh, Well, good. Take care of it. Take care of yourself. I am. I'm taking... Well, I'm going to... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so we
1: have have Friday's, uh, Flat Out Friday, uh, which is... the the Pfizer is a great... You know, it's a top-notch venue. It's an NBA, I mean, highest-level arena and you can't get in you can't see a bucks game because they are the you know that they're the champions tickets are even hard to get to even get in there for most things
0: that's awesome Except for Friday. well i couldn't believe they let us ride motorcycles in there
1: <laughs> i that's what's funny is if you if you watch the show or watch the podcast or that's sorry the broadcast uh, the announcer says you know it's a $10 billion facility in the first race out of the shoot with the mini bikes, you know, with the $100 <laughs> mini bikes.
0: <laughs> Quite the stage for some mini bikes.
1: Yeah, and I, I put 24 in the main event, so it's, you know, an absolute shit
0: show out there. Oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. It, it, and, it then just you, broke the and then bike. you had the jet skis out there this year or last year. Oh, that year. jet ski. That, that guy was great. Where did you that's find him at, experience. dude? I'd never seen him. Until flat out Friday, and then it seemed like he broke the internet afterwards. I'm still seeing him.
1: <laughs> that is true. He did break the internet. He's been with us every time since the beginning. Okay, and his his, his com is uh you know his comedy has gotten better and better.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So
1: he, he was he was the donut guy one year. I remember he wore he he was passing out. He was a cop on a donut a cop bike. With oh top yeah. shorts. And
0: he was something else before that. I don't
1: remember, but he he really stepped it up with that with the paint job on that thing, and
0: it was impressive. Yeah, it, it was really. Where's he from? What's his name?
1: It, it was Marco. I don't remember his last name. Marco. He's like he's got a, a Russian last name or a Ukrainian last name. Uh, yeah, great, great dude, great dude. And he he's from Milwaukee, and he he I, he is in the motorcycles, and he 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 got in that goofball. Like that, that's a no whole other. Niche of people that are way into that goofball,
0: what's that goofball? But the
1: goofball. We have so we have a class, a goofball class. Oh,
0: the goofball class. Okay, I thought you were talking like like it was a sport, like some paddleball or well, some it is, shit. It kind of, it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that'll be so. Sweet. He took it to the he took it to the nth degree, and then but you you a- changed re- up some of the classes this year for the racing. I noticed because. I, I, I guess I was watching a video you put out. Bef- maybe it was before the, the uh, race registration started because that kind of changed and you were going over some of the changes and you were talking about the classes. And it seemed like there was a, was it a tank shift class that turned into a brakeless class or a brakeless class that turned into a tank shift class. What happened there? Uh, I just wanted to highlight... Someone put a, you know, a,
1: a an idea in my ear, like, "Hey, we have a decent number of uh, hand shifters up here in Milwaukee. Um, and I, I, I thought I thought the crowd would like that. I, again, I I'm marketing my event towards you know the circus buying crowd, you know the circus tending crowd, people that don't really know anything about motorcycles, yeah. And so a hand shifter brakeless class, I think that's really going to make people you know be like, "Whoa, I didn't know motorcycles were so dynamic." Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been
0: getting the looks in my neighborhood uh, because I've been trying to tune in my new bike that's a tank shift, brakeless bike, and, yeah, I'm, all I have is public roads with traffic, and I've just been going for it. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to race it? Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I'm racing in Daytona, and then I'm going to come to Flat Out Friday and race it, too. Wait, not,
1: you're, you're going to be not
0: Not this year. Not, I can't do this year. Okay out so then i'll make then i
1: will make a danger dan class how about this both statement tank shifter class presented by danger dan
0: oh take a tank shift breakless class it's got to be both
1: yeah okay presented by uh, danger Dan's talk shop come on i'm in okay you're now a
0: lead sponsor <laughs> oh that's it's that awesome. easy that's awesome that's awesome so that's what I, but, that was i mean what was it before that you had a because I remember seeing the old forty fives out there before, but what what was the class prior to this year?
1: Uh, it was it was a breakless class. Okay. And I and I didn't want to get rid of it, so I just reformulated it. And because the reason, I'll, truth be told, no, the reason why I wanted to reformulate it is because we also have a large number of sixty year old, sixty plus year old racers up here. And so I wanted to be able to pre- to present them by themselves in the masters class. Okay. So they're all basically going to be on the same bikes that they were riding brakeless. So I just reformulated the name so the crowd would really understand what's happening.
0: Gotcha. These people are 60
1: years old. And, yeah. And, and also, you know, you have a bunch of 60-year-olds and then you add a 35-year-old in there on a list, it gets a little bit too contentious right away. <laughs> these old dudes, you know, the old dudes, they want to race, right? They want to win but I want to I want to package it a little different so the crowd they can be appreciated for who they are
0: and so that's why no yeah, why I changed that class up a little bit.
1: Okay.
0: Is there any other changes you made this year? Uh, well, this
1: I got a, a a pro class and an amateur class. I just had a pro class uh, and then people kind of felt like they got left out if I just had an open blank amateur class. You know that that got missed last time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you're just a, a run of the mill, run you know want to run a 450, and you're 18 years old, there was no class for you unless you stepped into the pro ranks. Gotcha. And and that's pretty serious.
0: Yeah. So that I, is absolutely
1: I that, very serious. I, I split that class up for the amateurs and the pros. We also got a chopper class, so you had to submit a picture of your chopper. And uh, it's free to race. I got one spot left. If anybody wants it,
0: damn, you got one spot left. I do. I do. the
1: The the entry form is on the website. All you got to do is submit a picture of your bike.
0: Oh my! To make sure that it's a chopper. That's awesome. So what? Okay. Well, let's talk about that. What makes it a chopper in Flat Out Fridays book?
1: Yeah, you know, (laughs) I don't like to make rules that I can't enforce. So, you tell me, let me, before I answer that, you tell me, what is a chopper?
0: What is a chopper? Um, Right? You know, I like to think that it's, you know, stock parts that have been modified with the cutoff wheel, you know?
1: Okay, so then why would that not be a race? Like, that's what the hooligans are. I mean, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, so you're talking about like a street chopper, you know, a streetable chopper, like... I mean, I think when I think chopper, like, you know, he's something you would ride on the street. It's got plates but, and the light. Sure, sure. So, so just that. So,
1: I, right now, we're you and I are making this together. Here's the game that they're playing. Okay. Describe someone. Describe to someone, an objective observer, what a chopper is without using the word chopper. And it's hard.
0: Okay. Well, I right? mean, you could say to, to, to combat the hooligan, you could say. Uh, you know, a modified stock frame, which you can't have a modified stock frame in the hooligan class, correct?
1: Correct, correct, right,
0: that is true. But but that's always been my argument as to like, why they won't let me race my chopper in the hooligan class because I have a stock frame, it's just got a six over front end and a jockey shift on it and no you know, uh, (laughs) and no front brake. I mean, it's pretty much a hooligan bike. I mean, I built my my first hooligan bike because they wouldn't let me race my chopper in the hooligan class. And instead of just yeah, yeah, getting yeah. just getting mad at them, I just like fuck it. I'll build a fucking hooligan bike for you assholes. Uh, sure, sure. So I can see where you are getting some, uh, you know, some heat on both sides there. Well, well, the, the point is, I, people have to.
1: There's always someone, and they use it under the guise of "I'm just having fun." What's the big deal? Why can't we all just get along? But there's going to be someone that's going to show up in that chopper class with a race bike and try to win it.
0: Absolutely. And, and the, the only
1: way that I could get around that, because, again, I could write those rules down and I could spend all the time, just send me a picture of your bike. That, that's it. Like, okay, that's a chopper. You can race. Gotcha. It's ridiculous enough. Let's race it.
0: Cool. No, I see where you're going. And you ask me that question. I'm like, well, you know, definition of a chopper, it's, diff, you know, I could see how that doesn't lend itself to a racing class. Like, yeah, you kind of, like, you're after a certain kind of chopper. But I'm sure that, uh, yeah, that's a tough one.
1: Yeah, it's, and I just wanted to simplify it and just, and it's free to race because I don't want to get into any kind of seriousness of, you know, once you start to pay, charge to, once I charge money, now there's a
0: contract. I owe them something.
1: Yeah, well, look, I'm letting you race for free, so I don't owe you anything, right? Yeah. That, so that's the. That, you can also little,
0: just little... fire those guys at any point. Those fucking chopper yeah. jockeys come in and give you shit. You can just make them leave.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can be like the dude in third place won.
0: I don't care what you say. The
1: dude in third place won's <laughs> a <got> better <laughs> attitude.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Fuck. I hope you do that next year when I show up.
1: Okay. Yeah. Chopper. Uh, well, you know what? You Who know, took
0: that? Was a uh, uh, lowbrow customs. Oh, I bet they did. Yeah, well, I'm flying, my, I'm flying the low brag, the low brow flag myself. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. They're great dudes. That's and awesome. I don't, I don't know if I announced this, but if you jump in the chopper class, if you get a free uh, low brow grab bag. Oh. F- who also could be in there?
0: Get on it, dude. <laughs> so what other? So tell me about some of the choppers that are in there. Can you tell me about those? Like, what do you, you know? Well, like, you got names first, or choppers to tell me about? Well. When they first came, well, they're all over the the map. Well, not, actually,
1: not all over the map. So, uh, to me, there's three basic kinds of choppers, and now the chopper language, you know, it's not my. That's not the nomenclature I normally use, so I don't I'm, know the I'm words. Sure like I'm
0: sure that'll be clear momentarily.
1: <laughs> but there's the kind of chopper where it has like a, you know it has a Triumph, uh, sorry, like a Kawasaki motor in it or a Honda motor in it. Uh, but it's got, but it's got the full '70s rake on the front end and the big uh, sissy bar in the back. We got a couple of those. Nice. Uh, you know, then we got the kind, my kind, my favorite kind of chopper. I don't know the name for this, but I'll, I'll describe it to you, and you'll know right away. Where it's got like a bigger front wheel, a skinny front wheel with the springs, and it's got a little tiny kind of handlebar.
0: Does this, does this kind of chopper make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Springer front end with a 21 and a 16 in the back? Yeah, there you go.
1: couple yep. of those. A couple of those and then some ridiculous raked out, you know, where I don't even know how they're going to turn.
0: Oh, so you're telling me Chris Drew signed up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the names. I gotta look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope he hears that and laughs. <laughs> no, I think. You know, Chris, the first, I think Chris has raced with you line. before, and he's got a, a it, Sportster it, with a long Springer front end, and it's like it's almost like a digger. Uh, yeah, there, huh. that'll be fun. That'll be fun to get the choppers out there. We, uh, for, sure, for sure. I curated this chopper race in uh, at Yellow Rose Canyon for Southern Throwdown. And once again, they did flat track racing all day long. I talked to the promoter. I'm like, hey, dude, I can't get these chopper guys to just come out here and hang out and do heat races. Like, we're strictly just going to be an exhibition. Tell me a time, and we'll come down here, and we'll either start the races or we'll finish the races and just do throw everybody on the track at once and do five laps or whatever it is. And it worked out perfect because, you know, those guys aren't trying to fucking hang out in the pits. on the. You know, they'll just leave. You know, they just won't. There, so I get it. If it's not your scene, you know, it's just not your, not your scene. Yeah. Well, and it's getting your street chopper out on a dirt track multiple times. Shit's gonna happen, like you know. So yeah, let's just do it once, and then that'll be good. Uh, (laughs) I appreciate that. So how are you doing that there? Are they gonna have to run heats, or is it just like, all right, choppers, load them up. Well,
1: so you know, when running now, if I was with you if I was doing this event where I had more freedom and it was outside, yeah. which by the way, I'm going to tell you, I do have a, I do have an outdoor race coming up okay. I'll tell you about it in a little bit. I okay. think, and I think you could make it. Okay. But because it's a Pfizer and security is so tight and you can only load in before uh, 11 in the morning, uh, you know, then you, everyone has to be there by 11 in the morning with chopper heat races, by the way, scheduled for seven. So you got to just load in early, then you can leave, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, seven that evening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. Just get them in there. I mean, the the weather's probably not going to be conducive to doing a bunch of riding. Well, I guess in March it might be, huh? What's the weather going to be like? Uh, I think I think. I mean,
1: we. I kind of have my fingers crossed for doing some ice racing. So, looking at the you know the extended forecast. Uh, we're looking at, you know, it's still going to be in the low 30s, or we can still possibly hold on to some ice.
0: Nice. So I'm hoping for it to be cold.
1: You could still ride in the city, as long as it's not icy, right? You can still ride. People still riding around. We've got almost no snow this winter.
0: Well, and that's also a pretty big stage. They might sacrifice riding their chopper one day uh, to race at Flat Out Friday in the visor for <laughs>
1: That's right. I appreciate that.
0: So we're real quick, the next day is a Mama Tried Show, Scott and
1: Warren, she'll like read that. Uh, they have 100 bikes from around the world, or the the world is kind of closed right now, but 100 bikes are from
0: around the United States. A hundred uh, motorcycles. Yeah,
1: you've been to the Mama Tried Show, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I just, uh, that just seems like a lot, but I mean, that's probably what there was in there, right? There was a ton yeah, of motorcycles.
1: You know, I, you look at a few motorcycles, have a few beers, and talk a little bit. go will take a break. go will look at the vendors, get a tattoo. Come look at some more motorcycles.
0: And that was the year they did a uh, the movie release when I was there about the uh, custom motorcycles. A really well oh, yeah. done documentary.
1: Yeah, I don't remember,
0: Yeah, I don't remember the name of that
1: one. Uh, it was like a, a British uh, director, wasn't it? It
0: was. Yeah. It was like everything I try and do with the podcast done really well with video. Yeah, it was beautifully shot. It was. It was really, really well done. And uh, was it that year that you did the fast and left video premiere as well? Uh, that we did that. We, we were
1: scheduled to do that one during the Mama tried that got shut off. So we were playing it, but we didn't have a, the the formal theater setting that we were going to have. Gotcha. Oh uh, that guy, Evan said he just moved here to the city. He moved literally two blocks away from here. We just we just hung out.
0: No shit. Yeah. Great that, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I met him. He's a great, dude. I we they did a little video premiere at a movie theater in Dallas. Uh, fuck for, I guess it's been for a couple fast weeks and left? Yeah, for Fast and Left. Yeah.
1: yeah. He he said that you know back in Kansas where he was from, he said that people they just race and they go home. There was no there was no community. But he says he feels it here right away, That you know, we're, we're always hanging out. There's always people encouraging and supporting each other and borrowing bikes. And
0: yeah, that's, that's why I here. say prac for president.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that, yes. Because you're great at
0: communicating that and promoting that, you know? Uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So is there anything like what, that happening this year at Mama Tribe? Uh, a movie? Mm. I mean, yeah, anything... I don't know. Well, you know, you know what we're doing? So
1: there's a space in the, uh, in the basement or in the first floor of the rave. Or the, sorry, the Eagles ballroom. We tried to do things in there. Um, uh, maybe the year you were there, we actually had, like, a burlesque show. Okay. And, uh, and that didn't bring anybody in there. And so <laughs> I did, last show <laughs> I did punk rock karaoke where I had a live band and I'd get you to come up.
0: Oh, that's so sing. awesome.
1: That didn't work. That didn't bring anybody in there.
0: So now this year,
1: we're basically giving that space to podcasters. Oh, that's so, what you hit me up about. That's right. That's right.
0: Okay, that's so, interesting. Nope. Well, you know, and back to the music and the, the punk rock and the burlesque. You know, it's tough at a motorcycle show to have a band. Like bands always end up being just kind of like background music most of the time you know like it's just you know you're there talking to your buddies you want to hang out Uh, yeah and I I mean that's kind of I don't even know if I should say this now I I can't not now well that's what that's one problem I have with doing podcast at events is I even if I can curate a space like my idea the last time I went to Flat Out Friday I paid money and got the hotel right across the street from the venue uh, The Was it? What famous serial killer killed somebody there? Oh, yeah. Uh, The Ambrosia Chocolate. Yeah, the Ambassador Hotel there. Yeah. So I thought, man, a nice place like this, I could bring some people over and do some podcasts. But, you know, I see people travel, you know, whether it's the builders or, you know, the just the patrons that come to see these bikes. You know, they travel from long distances to get to, you know, maybe it's just shake this guy's hand and say something about his bike for five seconds. Right. And I hate taking yep. people away from that. Like, hey, come talk to me for two hours when you could <laughs> shake the hands of, you know, 50 people. And, you know, it's, a, it's just a, I feel like I, I don't know if, like I'm taking, I don't want to take away from that, you
1: know? Yeah, 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 um, no, that's
0: well, that's, that's well said. Which, you know, I've also missed out on some opportunities where I see people only at shows and I haven't made it to their shop and I probably could have drugged them away for an hour, and it would have been fine. And instead of talking to 50 people face-to-face, you know, 55 people could have heard him on the podcast the next week. For sure. Uh, for sure. And,
1: and, and you're, not, you're not wrong in it. That's a, that's, those are great eyes that you have to see that.
0: I think what we're trying
1: to do, though, is on the podcast, we're pitting two people we know will have a great conversation, and we're pitting two storytellers together. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So
0: we're pitting Warren
1: Warren and his father. Oh wow! Um, on a podcast, um, so that that'll be you know, so that we're, we're hoping for some
0: follow. So, like some specific podcasts, like tell me how this is going to work.
1: Uh, it's still kind of in the works. Uh, we've got uh, three podcasts scheduled an hour and a half on the stage, and they have their own agenda, and we're filling in our agenda.
0: Oh, so they're going to do so, like a live in front of people podcast.
1: Yes, that's right. With like a, it'll be video. Uh, you know, we'll also record it. And there'll be a step and repeat behind. So I guess, like, if you're watching it on video, you kind of think it's a press conference.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, this guy, I, you know, uh, I- the guy that started the podcast Forever Two Wheels, which morphed into Chris Callen's Cycle Source show. He yeah. used to do that at you know Sturgis or Daytona. He would set up at yeah. a bar. Sometimes he would do it over their main speakers, and you know, as like instead of having a band on stage, he would sit down and do an interview with the guest.
1: For sure, for sure. Like uh, when you go to like a uh, the Super Bowl, they have Radio Row. You know what I mean? For for like a week. Yep. Every town sends a DJ there to broadcast live from Radio Row. It's a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's a great yeah. idea. It'll be interesting to see if how have, that goes. I wish I was going to be there even more now. Damn it, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> if you have nothing to talk about, at least you could, if you have no guests to talk to, at least you would you
1: could talk about your experience, or you could give a live update on the energy you're seeing and feeling. and uh, You know, even if you were, I, I'm just imagining, now, if I was on a podcast there and I'm watching the crowd, I'm like, oh. Oh, there's Danger Dan. Hey, Danger Dan, good to see you. Oh, let me tell you a little bit about Danger Dan. Yeah. Now I can talk about that, or, you know? And the builders and the racers, that will be there and the vendors.
0: Well, what podcast do you have scheduled right now? Who's coming up?
1: Uh, I, I got a look. You're uh, Beyond the Throttle, a young
0: uh, woman from your neck of the woods in Houston. Okay. Carolina? Carolina. Do you know her? I, I've seen her. I don't. I didn't know she had a podcast.
1: Yeah, she was just kind of just starting. She's super stoked. I mean, she's, she's super. You know, that's also what I'm searching for, too, is stoked. Uh, I know you. Uh, <laughs> Big Truth? You know the Big Truth oh, podcast?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: That's um, awesome. I don't know here. I'm, I'm trying to look it up. But my partners and I are curating this. Anyway, that's all I got confirmed. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. Uh, Evan Send is going to be. Evan Send in Fast and Left is going to have a space. Um, with Jeffrey Carver, actually. So, so it's, it's scheduled from ten to six to be on that stage there. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So what was different? Well, I guess that's what's different curating that getting, getting that up and running is, is, is cool. new. So are, night, you are, we, gonna, are you
0: are you going to provide the video, or are they are they bringing their own video stuff? You're just providing all, all the I would stage.
1: Want- all, so, if you, if you were podcasting, this is what I would tell you. You bring your normal recording equipment, and um, that maybe that has an output to it, or, or you have two mics, but you're also going through the house PA. Gotcha. Right? And so, there's a crowd of people there watching you. You
0: know, and you're, you're not the main
1: entertainment. You're on back volume. And then, behind you, is a nice step and repeat, and you're sitting at a desk reading your notes, and doing a live podcast in front of
0: a crowd. See, I'm already out. I don't. I don't have notes. Couldn't do it. No, I think. I, mean, I think it's. I think there's. I think you're onto something here. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Well, I thought I was onto something with
1: the punk rock karaoke, too. Yeah. Well. And yeah, the burlesque show. <laughs> I mean,
0: there was naked women with
1: snakes, and no one's better than I.
0: Oh my gosh. Those you must have had some sweet motorcycles at that show. <laughs> you know what
1: my, my dream was crushed about doing again, I, I convinced Scott One, let me let me book the music, you know, I'll I'll kill it, man. I know I, I know the I energy, mean, I know what people want. And I hired this band, uh, they were called One. They were a Metallica tribute band. They told me that they were or currently are Metallica's like techs. So they, you know, the guitar tech, the drum tech, they started a side band called one. Wow. They had a ton of money to have them fly in. And they sound exactly like Metallica. Right. So the mama tried show is closing Cue the band, right? Let's go start up the band. And everyone from the show will come to this room, you know, and they got the doors open and it sounds like Metallica. And everybody just continued right out the exit. You know
0: what I mean? Hey, I've been that I've been that band multiple times at motorcycle <laughs> yes. shows where everybody at the end of the show, they're like, All right, the awards are given, things are done, now check out, and then before they can even say the band's name, everybody's walking off, you know, loading yeah. their bikes up to get exactly. the fuck out of there. That's <laughs> a tough yep. one. Yep,
1: so that was my uh, my idea of a music.
0: I mean, I think you'd have been better off finding, like, a Metallica parody band, you know? Or, the, like, they didn't sound exactly like Metallica. It was sure, like a Metallica sure. joke.
1: But, but, I mean, I, I would have thought that people would have been like, is, is Metallica really playing? Let's go check it out. Like, no. no. Didn't even bother.
0: Surely you think more of your uh, patrons than that. <laughs> and then... Uh, and I got weed, the band, the Weed Eater,
1: they headlined that, that show.
0: Yeah, I've heard of so, Weed Eater.
1: Uh, you know, flew them in. Or they come with a whole host of liabilities and people <laughs> along the way to make sure they make it to the stage. And, uh, you know, they make it to the stage and it was just humbling that, like, there's no one there, you know, and they still get paid, right? And that's not a complaint That's how the business works. But, uh, it was just humbling for me, if anything.
0: <laughs> so that's the end of that music. Well, but, so the, the podcasting stage.
1: Yeah, so we get into the podcasting not there one itself, and then I want a DJ. Actually, I want to curate. I, this is what I want to do. Like, if you really were like Cherry, what could you do this weekend? Well, I, I worked really hard, you know, on Slate on Friday, and so my beer, like I mentioned earlier, my cold beer. Is I want to listen to music, my headphones on, on the mammoth ride stage, DJ the music for the whole ten hours or whatever it is that they're open, ten to ten.
0: I mean, that sounds like why would who would say no to that?
1: Yeah, you know, people are going to be feeding me beers. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I want I think the music can control the energy in the room, right? If, I mean, if honestly,
0: I think you should DJ, you should MC it like a radio host, telling people. Thanks. You know, everything that's going on, maybe giving like a, you know, a little builder recap in between songs, maybe bringing builders up a quick little, Hey, where'd you come from? What'd you build? Thanks for coming. Get the fuck off the stage. And here's Metallica. That's,
1: that's <laughs> actually, that's great. That's that's, I've done that bit any times and that's perfect. And how, how I did that bit is I you, I love DJing. Uh, and I, but I like to bring a lot of different kinds of music. I just don't want to play heavy metal because sometimes it doesn't connect with the energy of that night. Absolutely. Sometimes, like, like man, all this outlaw country is killing it, and then I will go down that vein until it's not. But my point is, when I was DJing, I couldn't. I didn't know how to mix. I I couldn't go from Metallica oh, to Willie Nelson. Oh yeah, Nuffin. yeah, yeah. So I would do a joke. Hey, what a good looking crowd here tonight. Don't forget about the $2 pass. You know, and then
0: boom, next (laughs) time. (laughs) I'll do that as another side show. I mean, I really think, you know, an, an MC can add so much to an event, you know, because. You know, especially something like that where there's a lot going on. There's a lot of vendors. There's stuff upstairs. There's stuff downstairs. There's stuff outside. There's stuff you missed last night. There's stuff happening tomorrow. Uh, And people are in and they're out. Um, You know, just curating that information. Once again, people don't read, so you can put up all the signs you want, but you won't hit everybody. But if they hear that coming in their fucking ear holes, they can't can't just walk around with earmuffs on. It's a great way to get information out and to let everybody know what's going on, what is going going to be going on, and to keep everybody on the same page.
1: I, I agree. I think it's great. It's a great. I, again, I love your eyes. I love the way you see things. Uh, and I, I like to have, also be a little bit like humiliating on the mic. Yeah.
0: Like ah, it's rusty. What are you know Thanks
1: for
0: gracing us with your presence. Now get off the stage. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and you know. It really helps to kind of, you know, to do that to you, what do you call it? To like, uh, to do it to yourself first, you know, that way. Oh, for sure. You you know, you gotta like hammer on yourself, that way you can really hammer on the guest.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah, I'm I'm good at that.
0: Yeah, I think that that should be your gig after Flat Out Friday is a a microphone. And maybe even if you had a DJ up there with you, you know, where they were, you were kind of picking the music, they were kind of doing the switch from song to song. (laughs) Cueing you on mic time. And uh, and
1: then I'm kind of like one of those clowns that, that makes you want to throw the water
0: at like dunk them. I mean, I don't you think know, you have to go that sure. far. You could, be, you could be the cool guy up <laughs> there, Jeremy. Come on now. You just threw a badass race the night before. You're running on that high from, you know, making everybody happy, building relationships and, and creating memories. And, you know, you just roll that right into Saturday. All right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, and I, I, I'm going to do something that I really enjoy
1: and have longed to do for a long time. Just hang out there and, and, and stay within that realm. Absolutely, so thanks thanks for the encouragement.
0: I, I think you'd be great at it, and you know what better person? You've got your fingers in a little bit of everything going on, and you know you can you can communicate that to the crowd. You're great at communicating, getting everybody on the same page, letting them know why they're really there, whether they realize it or not. You know.
1: Oh, all right, I got. I, I gotta develop this. I gotta got develop this. I appreciate it.
0: Good. This is fuck. Now I'm gonna really be bummed out. I didn't get to see this, but I'm gonna see how it grows. I want to. I want to be there okay. for the next one. Okay. All right. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you one thing now. So that's the
1: weekend of that show. Uh, we we're gonna we're gonna have a presence in Sturgis this year.
0: Really? Are you gonna be there for Sturgis? I'm gonna be there for Sturgis.
1: Okay, I don't. I can't tell too much because I want to wait for the like the big pop. But we're going to do some events at the Jack Pine Gypsies uh, that are going to be um, a crowd. We're going to have a crowd participation.
0: Oh, that is such a great spot. You've been there before, I assume, right?
1: Yep, yep. I think mean, it's a beautiful track. We got a great relationship with the people there. So we're, we only have two days there: that Monday and Tuesday. Is that the eighth and the ninth, or something? Seventh and eighth, ninth. Okay, eighth and ninth. So come on out there race your chopper.
0: Uh, done. You know, free, Fucking done. Okay. <laughs> Monday and Tuesday in Sturgis, flat out Friday at the Jack Pine Gypsy Short Track.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more to it than just that, but that's the center of it. I, I've been going to flat track races out there for the past number of years, the past three years. Uh, and I go there with my son, and, it's, and if you're in the, If you're coming up in the flat track world, Sturgis is on your stop, just like Daytona is for those people that are thinking about going pro and want to run high-level amateur stuff. But I think it's a total disconnect from the the crowd that's there.
0: Well, honestly, my first time at the Jack Pine Gypsy Racetrack was last year, and I've been going to Sturgis for a while, and I was so disappointed in myself that I – hadn't made it there sooner.
1: Awesome. That's great. That's really good to hear. I mean, they
0: brought baggers out on the track. Sea Bear was doing exactly stunts it. on the track. It was so sick. <laughs> and there was nobody there watching it. Like, literally there was like, it just, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, those big events are tough. Cause once again, they don't have like an MC on, they don't have Jeremy on stage talking to everybody in Sturgis, telling them where <laughs> to go and where to be and what the fucking, the haps are. So, I would love to help you communicate all information to the crowd leading right, up to awesome. the event. You know, like I can, I will broadcast this on multiple shows leading up to Sturgis.
1: Okay, okay. Let me, let me tell you just a little bit of history about the, How that, how that developed is that 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 race was going to be that night when everybody woke up that day. T- that day. And by the way, I don't know the exact story. I'm not really interested on uh, on hyperbolizing or making a. Making a schism or making a making a, a bad situation worse between whatever happened between the promoter that was there before and the Jackpine sisters. I don't know exactly. So my story is as objective as Are I can. Are
0: you talking shit about extreme flat track?
1: I am not. I is, am that, not is that is that what's happening here?
0: Off. Jerry? I am not. Okay. All right, just make it sure. I am not
1: at all. <laughs> I, don't know the, I don't know the details. I, and But what I understand happened is they had a falling out that the night before or that morning. And he's like, all right, guys, we're not racing here tonight. And he took his crew that was ready to race over to the other track at the Buffalo Ship. And the Jack Pine Gypsies, I think, were like, well, we don't need him. We've been doing this race for 50 years or 100 years. We don't need him. We're going to do our own thing. Let's fill in the void with getting spectators there, or you know, on the track. Yeah. And and it sounded like everybody had a great time. And if someone said, "Hey, you know who would be really good at this would be if they let's contact Jeremy and see if he'd come out here, and uh, you know, do that or run it run it like this because this is this is this is what we've been searching for all along. Would you you know let's get Jeremy involved? So that's how I, I got involved in that event.
0: That's awesome. Well, I can't wait to see that grow. Uh
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to get out there. It's just it's not the high pressure of an arena. It's you know, I'm just looking to get out there and relax.
0: Oh dude, let that's my, I'm sure that they're out. pretty much just giving you the fucking key to the city uh when you show up and they're gonna let you do whatever you want at the Jack Pine gypsy <laughs> short track.
1: <laughs> well, for two days anyway.
0: Yeah, that's Yeah, of course, any longer than they'd have to run you out of town. You know, you don't want to overstay your welcome, you know?
1: Well, I I can only
0: take, I have to catch a late night flight
1: Tuesday because I have to be in class on Wednesday. I can't take three days off of work, off of teaching.
0: Oh, you are are a saint and a scholar. (laughs) I appreciate all the The, compliments. The kids first, man
1: well you, i gotta i got it truth be told if i'm, I'm probably going to get there early that's all the sturgis i can handle
0: <laughs> that's a lot of surges. oh that's awesome i love your honesty i mean it, it, it's
1: my, my problem again i, I love sturgis I, what i love most about sturgis is the is the lance that, that to me is the most beautiful part of the country
0: it's it is you can
1: You can be in a desert and in a tropical forest, you know, in 20 minutes. Both landscapes with the mountain there, that big bear mountain, whatever that's called.
0: Bear Butte. Bear Butte. Yep.
1: I love it. But my point is, because I'm living in a van or I'm sharing a house or I'm sleeping in a tent and I just don't have a place without someone in my face or, or, you know what I mean? I have I haven't no idea what you mean. I've,
0: I've never had any experience <laughs> like that. <laughs> I need a timeout <laughs> <laughs> from it
1: all all the time.
0: Oh, I have, have a only fucking sweet. Drugs
1: and drink so much beer.
0: I got a campground right down the road at a place called uh, Bulldog Creek. Man, they got me a little secluded okay. spot in the back where I can set my tent up and escape everything. It's amazing. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah. They have this, they have this, check this out. They got this, they got this, the guy who runs it, he owns a catering business back in Nebraska. So he shows up and he does home cooked meals, different specials every night of the week. And it's like the best fucking food. And I'm not talking about the best food in Sturgis. It's like really good fucking food. And it's stuff you just can't find anywhere in Sturgis. You know, it's not fair food. It's not restaurant food. It is like He's got his smoker going in the garage next to the fucking the shack they serve the food out of. And he's got his chopper in there. He lets me work on my choppers in there. And he's got smokers going the whole time.
1: That's awesome. It is such a cool spot. That would, that would, I would stay longer if I had a a space like that. Instead, I'm always, I'm doing it on a super cheap with a van full of people, you know. Are you going to be camping out at the Jack
0: Pine Gypsy space? I mean, (laughs) I hope not. I mean,
1: anybody. But again, I don't want to talk. Like, let's just pretend something. There's a controversy on the track. Good lordy, I don't want to hear about it all night. I want to have a beer with everybody and talk about the experience. I just don't want to. There's always going to be someone with that that you know that wants to talk to me about a call that I made that was wrong or
0: something. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, I just in that setting, I just don't think it's going to be right for me to stay there the whole time. But we'll see.
0: I can't imagine you making any bad calls, dude. Well, there's just no I, way. I, well, let me say this: I've made a lot of bad calls.
1: I, I, I really have. And, and, and let me say this: here's this is a bold statement. Here's how I would like to change flat track. Hold on a second.
0: Is that the first time during this podcast you've said here's a bold statement? I <laughs> think I think it's, I think like it's the first time, dude. That might be the longest I've ever heard you talk without saying. This is going to be a bold statement. Okay, sorry. Let's hear the bold statement.
1: Here's, a, here's what I'd like to do. As a promoter, I would like to encourage the riders
0: to nominate
1: you know, two, three riders that I talk to. You know what I mean? So, Are
0: you, you talking I mean? about middlemen? Are you saying that you can't talk to the peasants on the track anymore? That you've, no. You get, pay, you get paid to come to Sturgis one year, and now you're like, I can't talk to racers anymore. <laughs> no, I, got, I like need my pedestal all. above I mean, the track, a microphone. If you guys can hear me, that's fine, but I don't need you talking to me. Yeah, it is, and, I, and I, I want a helicopter
1: landing.
0: <laughs> <In> the, uh... <laughs> no, but I imagine, yeah, having some liaisons where, where it's like, yeah, you can't have all the racers talking to you, but you got a couple of people communicating the needs and the wants of the entire group of people. Sounds like a good job yeah. for Lala. Yeah, for sure. For, well, if, if I could have that kind of a
1: relationship with the people, then I would love to stay there and have beer with them and talk with them. But I've organized sports enough to know that I'm a little bit on the outside when it comes to the actual authenticity of the rules and the things because I'm kind of an official. Yeah. So I'm never really fully part of the experience. And, uh, and, I, and I want, these are my friends, you know, I want to be with them and I want to listen to them and I want to improve. And I want an outlet for that, but it, can, it has to be in a coherent medium, which would be three designated people. Yeah.
0: Or like, and, a, and what, or like a month later. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, maybe that's what I
1: want to see. Done is that the writers do have a voice
0: um,
1: with the promoter? Does that make sense? But they, I, I want them to have a voice. I want to know what they say, but it has to be reasonable.
0: Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. That's my bold statement. That.
1: Yeah, and I'm shooting myself in the foot, so to speak. I'm giving up power a little bit, but for the for the betterment of, of the experience of everybody.
0: No, I think, uh, you know, hey, here's the thing. Those are things with the experience that you've gained over the years that you've learned, and, you know, you're using that experience to grow the experience for everybody else and make it better.
1: For sure, because what I think happens a lot is is the loudest person gets their way. Like all oh, the track is too slippery. We need to let it dry out. And because they sound the most loud and the most assertive. Yeah,
0: it sounds somebody like goes along with it. It sounds like the internet, you know? Only the people that are complaining <laughs> get heard, you know, like and the that's people right, that are just right. okay with what's going on, they're not saying shut the fuck up and be okay with it You know, they're just they're just like, Well Jeremy's gotta deal with that person.
1: Right, right, and I and I don't I
0: don't want to deal with a lot of this. I want some
1: perspective. Like, who's this guy tripping a lot of this? Does this really make sense to to the people that were nominated? You know, yeah, they're the decision makers.
0: Yeah, they're down there a little bit more in tune with all the racers. Uh, yeah, they can they they're seeing and hearing multiple perspectives and know what to know what to communicate to you.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: I don't want that job. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm really excited to go to Sturgis. And
0: I want to tell you, too, uh, bold statement.
1: We will be going to Brazil also uh, this in 2022. So uh, watch for that. I don't know when exactly how, but it's coming up. It's it's coming up
0: soon. So the Brazil thing is happening. Dude, I was so fucking stoked to go last time. I, Me and my wife were coming down. I had a BMW <laughs> lined out, thanks to Mark. And... Dude, I was going to go see Joe King. We were going to do some touring around the country, show up on the BMW, try and just break well, into the racetrack. And... Did we, do you think we made a wrong decision? No, it got fucking crazy. Nope. No, I mean, I, no, I, I don't think. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I think, honestly, you, you know, you communicated. Uh, I, I didn't feel like any. I mean, uh, it's just what happened, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think well, I you made a wrong decision. I think it was probably a tough decision. Once again, it's, I'm glad I wasn't in your shoes. Um, you know, at the time, I'm like, you know, and fuck everybody that's canceling shit, you know, like, but I totally get it, you know, but like when you're in the moment and you're excited, it's hard to just go, well, okay, I'll just toss those plans out the window, but yeah looking back i'm sh- yeah i'm sure it was the right i honestly I just trust that you're making the right move i't i did, i do not think I've really ever questioned it i mean I, I, yeah I, I appreciate that most of all
1: that, that that's tough it, and you know we're, Brazil has a different covid way of doing things and it's for us to travel internationally would have been really hard there could have been a lot more snarls in it as they were getting as their numbers were spreading, they were closing their borders, and we could have—you know—we could have been stuck.
0: Oh, here's the deal: even if it was pre-COVID ever happening, you guys were doing an event like that, coordinating a group of fucking rowdy Americans to come down and throw a party. You were gonna get—I mean, it just wasn't gonna be an easy job, anyways. And then you tack <laughs> on all the regulations and red tape that you have to jump through and cross to travel post-COVID or during COVID even back then, yeah, I would have just, you guys wouldn't have enjoyed it at all. Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, there was no venues. The bars were closed. You know, walking the streets would have been
0: suspect. I mean, I think just us getting together and having a good time would have been suspect, no matter where it was happening. For sure. Uh, So, yeah. But I'm looking forward to hearing more details as those grow and that idea comes to life. I uh, I would love an excuse to go down to Brazil again. All right, I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. And, and most importantly, I, I want you to help me curious. this uh, rider. Uh, this
1: spectator racing and Sturgis.
0: Spectator racing. We're gonna have to come up with a better fucking name than that. First off, and and good uh, I want I want to
1: use the jump too. I want to use the TT. I want to use the. There's a little left turn jump. I want you to have to hit that from the front of the grandstand.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Sea was fucking killing it on his bagger last year. On the jump? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it was maybe, awesome. Maybe we get, I'm just making
1: this up. Maybe we give the crowd uh, numbers and they uh, they vote like a, like at Monster Truck. Everybody holds up a seven or an eight.
0: No you got to make them yell, dude, you need like the fucking screamometer or something you know like, you got to get these guys excited. you really need a good m c for this one dude you're i mean you're you're the guy you're gonna have to like you hone your skills at flat out Friday or at mama tried, and then you'll be ready to go with Sturgis. Can you do both those? can you do both like' can you do what you need to do there and also communicate to the crowd
1: uh you know, here let me tell you this story, just real quick. I, one time I was I was the ref, so we did an event in a in an arena close to Milwaukee, and I, and I sat up in the rafters, and I was the, like the eye in the sky. I was telling laps, I was telling the flag man who the leader was, and it was everything. You know what I mean? It was my entire brain capacity. Yeah. To focus on just who's leading this race and the lappers are, I don't I don't have the capacity for it. I also I'm also a pacer. You know, I'm constantly pacing.
0: So you need one of those and, like Garth Brook microphones. The like <laughs> that would be good.
1: That would be good. I've got a Garth Brook microphone, and I'll just. You, you also need some catchphrases. I need a couple. You know, hey, what a good-looking crowd! I can only say that. Sometimes.
0: Oh yeah, well <laughs> you need. No, you need the color, right? You got yeah. the. You got the play-by-play guy, and you got the color guy. Well, I'll put on the We will be.
1: We will have this run-in. Uh, like a fine-tuned media entertainment machine by by August by August it's
0: me. Perfect, perfect. All right. Well, uh, Prack, you didn't think we were gonna talk for an hour, and we're going on two. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Don't. What do you? Don't be sorry. <laughs> don't be sorry at all. Uh, but I got. Well, I got to get the kids to jujitsu. So. Yeah. Well. Thanks. Listen. Thanks for the, the for
1: compliments. I really appreciate. Uh, that you think highly of me. I want you to know that I think so much highly of you. Uh, you you're, you're an inspiration in, in what you do. Not, not only as a motorcycle person, and of course following your stories, you, you're just a breath of fresh air. You're good. You've got good energy. You're a good human. And I, you're, you're propagating that through your through your, your medium. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for the kind words. And like I always say, practice president. Well <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. All right, well, I'll see you soon
1: down the road. I'll, I'll keep you updated on my, on
0: my stuff. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Jeremy. Have a wonderful day. Right, thank you. you Bye. Bye. Bitchin'. I I don't know if you guys can tell, but I really enjoy uh, Jeremy Prack and his ethos and, his, and just all, everything about him, the way he holds himself, the way he communicates. Uh, he takes pride in every word that comes out of his mouth uh, and he's very thoughtful. He didn't say... Uh, I'm going to make a bold statement too many times this podcast so maybe it wasn't maybe I didn't dig deep enough I didn't get him to be bold enough but I believe that there was a lot of good stuff that we covered and if you're interested in that bicycle race we talk more about it on the first podcast which is linked in the podcast notes and kind of how flat out Friday grew to the event that it is and uh you know The community aspect, him being a teacher, uh, I I really value uh, Jeremy as a friend and, uh, you know, just another person in this business. So I'm glad that you listened to the show all the way to here to hear me talk about more dates coming up. That's right, because I only talked about the Daytona Bike Week dates. And that's just the beginning, dude. Fucking MC in the Chopper's Magazine, chopper Show at the Daytona International Speedway. That's right. And presented to you by Harley-Davidson. That's a big one. That's like, you know, that's pretty fucking sweet. Uh, the Texas Fandango, April 1st through the 3rd in Fredericksburg, Texas at the Gillespie County Fairgrounds. AMCA swap meet, bike show, chopper show, flat track racing, chopper drags, mini bike racing, camping, food, rhino, cooking barbecue food, It's going to be sick, dude. That event is growing into one of my favorite Texas events. And I think that you need to come and be a part of it. We'll be getting there early and doing some riding throughout the week and swapping and racing on the weekend. I have the tank shift bike out there. Hopefully you can bring your tank shift bike out and we can race. That would be sick. That would be real sick. April 8th through the 10th, I'll be doing the Mezcal Moto Rally where I ride from Austin, Texas to Oaxaca, Mexico. May 19th through the 22nd is the Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival at Loretta Lynn's Ranch in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Now, I got a call from Buck, one of the founders, and he's gonna be giving me a discount code that will get you some money off your ticket, dude. And, uh, you know, and it'll support me. I think, like, you get money off, I get a little fucking cash. What a sweet fucking deal. Uh, I'm sure it'll be Danger Dan, and it may even work now, and I just haven't seen the email. But uh, regardless of how you get the tickets, fucking go to that show. That is sick. That area is beautiful. Uh, Bill Dodge does his Bling Cycles Invitational, which we should be seeing a list of builders soon if that hasn't already been released and I just missed it. So uh, Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival. June 25th and 26th is Born Free. And I've got some more Born Free news that I don't think I can relate right now. But that is coming. More news about Born Free Texas. Uh, June 17th and 18th is the Oklahomies Family Reunion. Look up Oklahomies for more information on that. Oklahomies. July 9th is Full Tilt Boogie in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's right. Presented to you by Heavy Clothing. July 22nd is the Runder Raton Chop Wizard Invitational. Presented to you by J.P. Rodman. God damn, dude. Uh, maybe. All right, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. J.P., we need to talk. We need to talk. August 26th and 27th is the Virginia City Roundup. That is in Virginia City, Nevada. That is a fucking rodeo, a chopper show, FXR show, and you could ride fucking bulls. Get the fuck out of here. I'm still not even sure about that. I believe I'm going to make it to that one. Uh, September, wait, wait, the same weekend in the UK, which I have been finding out I've got a lot of listeners in the UK. What's up, fellas? Uh, hopefully we can like set up a time where I can come out there and ride some choppers with you guys. But... They are putting on an event called the Nomad Run, dude, which sounds sick. Look up the Nomad Run in the UK. If you're over there and you will be there, or you're going there in August, check it out, August 26th and 27th. Looks pretty fucking rad. Uh, September 10th, we are doing, what's happening? In Sept- oh, September 10th is the Party at the Pen presented by Chop Merchandise. That's right. Luke found a fucking penitentiary that's over 100 years old, and they're going to let him bring choppers and have a fucking party. It looks so sick. Uh, that's in Boise, Idaho. So keep that one on your radar. Big thanks to Lowbrow Customs. I will be giving away. Let's see. What's today? Oh, shit. I guess i got to put out a podcast. i got a I got a $100 gift card to give away. To Lowbrow Customs, and I don't have the stuff here to do it, but I will do that before the month is over. Check them out, Lowbrow Customs. If you want to get involved in the giveaways, go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. There's a Patreon support tab in the menu of that website where you can kick me five bucks for me to put into my gas tank. Keep traveling around, keeping these live shows coming. Uh, recently, somebody traveled to me. The next podcast will be with Charlie, the traveling chopper, dude. This motherfucker is on his way to Siberia and stopped by 10 Top Texas. What a fucking trip, dude. Uh, we sat down and did our first podcast at one of the first Run to Ratones. And uh, so we had a lot to catch up on. And I had no idea that he was going to Siberia. I thought he was just... I thought he was just doing what he does, which is ride his motorcycle around, which, I mean, that is what he does is ride his motorcycle around, and that's what he's doing. So what a fucking trip. Anyways, that's next week's show, uh, and then I'll be putting the race bike together and me kickstart Mike, knives made by Nick and possibly Brian Helm will be jumping in the truck. And going to Daytona by way of Metairie, Louisiana. Check out MCShoptees.com, your t-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. That's right. It's like a magazine subscription, but you get a fucking t-shirt. T-shirt of the month club. I mean, it really is a fucking club. And when you're wearing your shirt and you see somebody else in a shirt that you have as well, you know that they're part of the same club and they got it the same way. And they probably know me. And you got something in common, Bam conversation starter piece is what that is uh and just a level of respect that you earn for each other i didn't realize how much of a i i kind of steered away or i always have steered away from calling a t-shirt club t-shirt of the month club but i'm starting to embrace it because i feel like we're in the same club you know when i see somebody in one of the t-shirts that i put out one of the limited t-shirts you know you can't it's fucking cool. MCShopTees.com. It's my way to support the uh, mom-pop shops around the country that have helped me and numerous others out along the way on our travels. Next month's featured shop is the Vitzie Boys. Uh, we used a new artist. I actually got to work on that art this morning. It's sick, dude. Lee's, like, riding his fucking drag race shovel chopper with fucking dogs, like sled dogs, pulling him. But they're like... They're not your typical fucking sled dogs by any account. And uh, it's fucking rad. But your only way to, the only way you can get it is if you sign up before this month is over, which is we're wrapping up quick. So go to mcshopteas.com now and sign up. Um, dude, fucking Roatan, Honduras. <coughs> this place is a trip. Not really what I expected. Um, I guess I really wasn't expecting... Much I've never been to like a diving area, you know, like people people are different. We'll get into more of that later. We will get into more of that on another show. Maybe I can have one of my guests on it, tell them about it. Or, you know, fuck, probably next intro. Once I get the full experience, I'm going to try and rent a dirt bike uh, tomorrow. Today is my anniversary with my wife, which is a beautiful thing. I think it's 12 years we've been married. Fucking wild fucking wild. Anyways, I'm going to go make her feel special because she is. Have a wonderful day.